brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Because that's kind of important that we do that. <clears throat> and moving on here, Von Patrick, Gary Madskull McGill, welcome. That sounds like a good fighting name. Gary Madscott McGill. Oh, I love it. That feels good. Dirty Filth, nice to have you here. And Brown Dwarf, thanks for coming on in. The gorgeous Fidgety Aura, good to see you. And who else we got here? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This thing keeps jumping on me. I can't even tell where I left off or where I started or whatever. That's okay. We got like 30 seconds here. Strangeland, nice to have you here. Yay, sensational Sherry. Michael Fontaine, thank you for joining us. And uh, uh, there's uh, there's Hallmark Corey. Yeah, he still has the peach fuzz mustache going. Jeremy Jones, Chris Mo, good morning to you. Remember, the Super Chat is a wonderful way to start and support this show. And we got some great swag on our website, including some Bigfoot shirts that you're definitely going to want to check out. And you know what? Let's do me a favor. Let's rock. the mountains of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on talk stream live odyssey radio and kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button you can follow us on twitter at spaced out radio instagram at spaced out radio show and on tiktok at spaced out radio our website spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you including rocking out bumblefoot reaching out and listening to shirky new shirky poos dudes wire check out our swag as well tonight's show is brought to you by chive charities Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. we got a great show for you tonight. Carter Bouchard is here to talk about what is evidence in the Sasquatch world. Then in Hour 3, we're going to head to the Swamp with Swamp Dweller. We have Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio coming on for the Cryptid Report. It's Dave 101 night, and what we're going to talk about next is Shirky Poo's News. All right, let's get right to it. Great guest for you tonight, Carter Bouchard. He was one of our special guests at our SOR Las Vegas party three weeks ago. Hard to believe it's been three weeks already, but man, what a great 
time it was. He's been searching for Sasquatch for well over a decade. Carter has led expeditions deep into the forests of North America. He's seen them, he's heard them, and seen incredible physical evidence of Sasquatch's actual existence. And he has also interviewed over 200 witnesses and counting as a member of the BFRO. And I'll tell you, this is a guy who is credible. He is consultant on television shows. He is well-respected in the field for his knowledge. He's an author. You can find his books on Amazon. Mr. Carter Bouchard, always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio. I'm going to say this, man. I miss you already. I miss you. I miss you, too. And I'm, I'm envious of your fluffy hair. I'll, I'll give you some. I got lots. You're very dashing. I've got that much hair on my back, so I, I think I'm good. <laughs> just comb it upward. Just comb it upward. I, I, that's what I do. I do. I have my wife comb it out for me. It looks pretty good, you know. <laughs> I can't show you. No, no. But Vegas was fun, man. That was fun uh, for a, a variety of reasons. Just because of Vegas, but because it was the, the camaraderie and uh, all the panel you had there was great. The, the UFO. I mean, all those people. Oh my God. There's a lot of a lot of clout in one room. You know, you know, the only thing we were missing in Vegas, besides uh, the listeners who couldn't make it, was we didn't have anything paranormal. You know, I didn't realize that until we got home. There was no paranormal people there at all. And I was like, uh, I think we missed the mark there, but people know us as a more of a UFO slash cryptid show. So it, it kind of mm-hmm. worked out that way. Yeah. Well, you had some, you had the heavy, heavy hitters there for the UFO stuff. I mean, you you booked it. Those guys were awesome. You know, it was, uh, nice. I don't remember the guy's name, the head of MUFON, but he was, you know, and, and the guy with the, all the photos and the drawings. Michael Schratt. Isn't he incredible? Oh man. God, that was awesome stuff, you know? And, uh, you know, uh, someday I'll have to, uh, I was taken when I was about 10. That's a whole nother story. Uh, you would enjoy that. It, well, I didn't find out. I didn't find out until, 2006. Well, you you know what? Uh, I'm going to stomp you right there because you're about to tell us. Okay. It's, it's kind of drawn out, but I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, uh, You ever have this stories you tell uh, from your childhood, like stupid stuff I did that I I could have killed me and yeah. And stuff, and you, you you didn't get killed. I mean, everybody has those stories. And I always had a story I told about me and my buddy Craig uh, Whaley. Uh, we were racing our brand new bikes uh, in my neighborhood in Dallas, Texas. That's where I'm from. And uh, it was a sunny day, bright summer day, and right across the street from my house. And we ran a stop sign because we were so excited with our new bikes. And this car just just barely missed. I, I, I could feel the wind. You know, we could both feel it. And I was going, oh, my God. You know, I hope my mom's not watching because, you know, it was right across the street from my house. I thought I was, I'm going to be in big trouble. But she didn't see it. So uh, I'd always told that story is just one of those stupid things you do as a kid, you know. So fast forward to 2006 or seven, somewhere in there. My wife, myself, my ex-comedy partner's widow, he passed away, and her new husband. We all decided to go. Uh, and uh, be hypnotically regressed to see if we had past lives. And so one by one, everybody went and, you know, was regressed. We all watched each other and it's just all being recorded. I've got all my cassettes. And so uh, 
they went in order and, you know, they all found out who they, they were in a past life, you know, a, a priest, a, a, a Indian medicine man, a fisherman on a boat in the North Atlantic in the 1920s. And so anyway, so I get up there and I start crying, just sobbing and talking like a 10 year old Carter. I was just, and everyone's blown away. And I'm, I go on to describe this event of me and Craig being taken aboard a craft. Now this blue car that almost hit us, that was a screen memory. That wasn't a car. It was a craft. It was a spacecraft. And it took us on board. Now, uh, I was collateral damage. My buddy Craig is the one they were after. They took him back and they were doing things to him, you know, procedures. And it's just like you hear, I saw this veil. It was just kind of a shadow. You could see figures moving around, you know, the grays and the big, I mean, you, you, I could see it, but I couldn't see it, it was just behind a, a screen. And so, uh, uh, I, I, I wake up and everyone's like, what's, what's going on? And they want to know what was I talking about. And I said, "Well, I don't know. What am I talking about? What 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 just happened?" Because I, I I remember what I said, but I don't remember remembering it. You know, from way back. So, mm-hmm. long story short, uh, we were taken, and I was uh, uh, I was given several screen memories. Uh, and here's the, here's the weird part. Uh, I'll get to the screen memories. Uh, this was a student of. Dolores Cannon. You know who Dolores Cannon is? Okay. Uh, She was like, I I don't know what to do. She had just gotten her license, regression hypnotist, uh, hypnotherapy license. I I was the first event like this in her entire career. She was like flabbergasted. She didn't know what to do. So we all said our goodbyes. I went home and everybody, the, the, you could hear a pin drop on the way home. Everyone's just like, what are you, what was that? And I'm going, I don't know, really. I go to sleep, I wake up the next morning and I get up and I draw a uh, reptilian. It's actually a beautiful drawing. I cannot find it to save my life. And uh, so I called her up and said, I'm going to fax you some, I'm going to scan, I scanned it and emailed it to her. And she called me back and said, you need to find somebody else to talk to. I, I, I can't handle this. I'm not equipped to handle this. <laughs> I said, okay. Uh, well, thanks. Long story short, I end up going to Dolores. And I go under twice with her. I've got all my sessions on tape. So uh, I've got two sessions with Dolores, one with this uh, other lady, and then one with another student of Dolores because it was too busy for me to get in to see her. So the screen memories I had was me fishing and catching Craig in the neck with a hook and I'm pulling, you know, and I think I'm caught in a tree and I'm pulling. Well, that never happened. And that's a screen memory because I think I saw them cutting into him or doing something. And then another screen memory was a black buggy, a hearse, a funeral buggy from like the 1800s, beautiful leather, brass lamps on it just ornate beautiful thing but no horse but it was on this dike uh, where we used to go fishing castleman's pond there was a dike across this pond brain fog insomnia moodiness achy joints weight gain maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older or that's what your doctor tells you 
But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Spillway. So I saw that. And then I had another screen memory of me grabbing an electrical wire that was hanging out of a socket at a house and I was being electrocuted. My arm was turning black and a mailman came over and tackled me and broke me away from that. So I had no idea. That was that story I told about the blue car. That's the story I always remember. Like, well, that was just one of the stupid things. But it turns out that was an abduction. And, you know, I've got the tapes. I've, I've, I haven't played them in about 10 years. I'm not afraid of them. It's just like I remember everything now. So uh, that was it. It was just crazy. Here's weirdness serendipity then i'll let you i'll, I'll stop uh i just did a paranormal conference here in uh, kansas city uh, about four months ago i haven't seen that woman since she took me under the person sitting next to me in the booth was the woman who took me under no way. and we talked yeah it, it was just like now that, and I don't believe in coincidences, that happened for a reason. So we reconnected, we talked, and it was all well and good, and everything was wonderful, but it was just, I didn't know what to do with it, you know? Huh. But It's nice to know you got some aliens. Yeah, yeah. It was just bizarre. But the, the, the screen memories were really awesome and graphic, you know, and, you know, the, the fish hook, and what they did was replace them cutting into his neck or arm uh, wherever they were cutting him with the memory of me pulling. I could even see the hook pulling his flesh and I'm sitting at this pond. I'm going, but that never happened. I mean, that really just, that never happened, but that was the memory I was given to. And uh, Dolores Cannon basically told me, well, you are, you're not supposed to remember yet. You're not supposed to remember everything yet because you weren't the one that was being taken. You just happened to be there because you were with him. Collateral you know, damage. Collateral damage. That's what I was. Amazing. So, how's, that, how's that for a Sasquatch story? I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, that gets crazy. we got some interesting stuff to talk about tonight. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, thank you for sharing that, by the way, because for a lot of people, that's difficult to do. It really is. I have to get it out because it, it happened, and, it, you know, it's like 
Oh, a Sasquatch guy, and he's been taken aboard a craft. Okay. Oh, yeah. that, that, that's, but, a, that's a little too much woo for the BFRO, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Screw them. Yeah. Yeah, it is for them. You know, uh, they would probably believe that over some of the things that I've taken from my witnesses, you know, because, you know, they just won't print that stuff. But, you know, they would be more likely to believe that than some of the stuff that witnesses have told me. Well, you know what? The one thing that uh, that I normally, Carter, I don't bring on guests this quickly, unless they're um, monthly uh, contributors to the show. But mm-hmm. when we sat down in Las Vegas, you and I started talking with uh, Nate Rudd and and Hallmark Corey, who, who is uh, you know too busy watching the Hallmark Channel at the time on his phone, and. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about evidence, and you guys have some evidence that you have never leaked publicly, but you showed me a couple pieces of evidence that absolutely floored me. And I'll be honest with you, I can't get it out of my mind. And I wanted to talk Bigfoot evidence with you tonight because I think it's very important to know that a lot of the good evidence out there is not being provided to the public. I would like to know why. Well, you know, several reasons. Some of the stuff I, I get is, you know, confidential and I've you know, been sworn. I just, I, I won't show it and I don't, you know, uh, but you know what happens when evidence and I've been, I've been talking to several groups just in the last week about this. Your evidence gets trashed uh, because it's either too good or just the viewers are, are too jealous of it and they take it for their own and they put red circles all over it and then they pass it around and it, it gets trashed and it's not worth, you know, we have to create our own evidence, but you got to share it with the right people. And we all want to tell our story and tell what we've got, but to put it out there with the wrong people receiving it and taking it as their own, because you can't just put a photo up there uh, unless you've got your name splashed all over it and copyright and all this, but you know, people just take it and they just trash it because they're jealous is really what it is. They're envious. They have nothing to offer. And it's really hard to come up with stuff. I mean, I'm not bragging about my stuff. I mean, I, I've got some good stuff. I've been doing this a while and you know, I see things that other people don't look at. I think that's part of the problem, you know, uh, it, but it, you have to create your own evidence, but at the same time, you can't show it because it gets trashed. And if it's legit stuff, you really don't want to get it out because, you know, uh, uh, I talked to a military guy. God, what is today? Thursday? Thursday. Yesterday. I went out yesterday and uh, he worked uh, on some of the Tic Tac videos. He was uh, a screen monitor in the uh, control room and it was his job to make sure that none of that stuff got out. He said, you know, you have to protect it because it gets trashed uh, and it gets in the wrong hands. You can cause danger to yourself or your family if it's really, really too good. You know, who's watching, who is wanting to make sure that none of this stuff gets out until the government or whoever is holding the secrets uh, decides they want to say something. So, I mean, that's why, you know, for me, I've got stuff I can't show. I promised, and I I can't show it. But it's it's awesome stuff. And you've probably got stuff the same thing. You've got stuff that you have been shown and can't show. You can't reveal your source if you do show it, and that kind of stuff. And so, uh, because it's 
it is evidence. Science will never admit it, it's evidence. If they show it, it's evidence. But if we show it, it's ridiculous that doesn't exist. You know, we can show the same thing that science shows you one day, and there will be two explanations for this very same photo almost. You know, if they don't produce it, it's not evidence. It wasn't scientifically gathered. So we have to just do our own scientific thing. We have to create our own evidence and have our own body of acceptance or denial that's legitimate, not just, I don't like that. That doesn't look right. That could be a blob. That's a stump. You know, you, you got to have an intelligent breakdown of why you're shooting it down, not just, ah, that's not that good. You know, I got something that's better. Well, no, tell me why you don't think that's evidence, because I was there, and I guarantee you that's evidence to me. So that's our conundrum, because, you know, if we prove it, then they know what we have, and maybe you don't want them to know what we have, you know, because they're sitting on this for a reason. They're sitting on this Bigfoot secret for a reason, you know, and I think the reason is because there's more to them than just a dumb ape, you know, because what would be the secret if it's just another dumb ape? What is the, the, uh, the, the pygmy uh, human uh, ancestor down in, uh, what is it, the Philippines? I, I can't remember, Afro-Canensis or whatever it's called, I don't know, but they they still exist and they're still finding new creatures, new plants, new fish, new primates, uh, anything weekly, monthly. And it makes the news and everyone's all, oh, God, that's awesome. That's great. But how come Sasquatch or even hominids? Uh, uh, we all know they exist. You've seen them. I've seen them. I've experienced them. I experienced them in my house, you know, uh, spiritually speaking. And it's just What's the secret? Well, that is the secret because there's more to them than a dumb ape. And until they're ready to spill the beans and BS us with some kind of rank explanation, we're not going to hear anything. Just like the Tic Tac videos. You know, they gave us lip service. Oh, UFOs don't exist. They don't exist. Blah, 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 blah. You know, 80 years later, oh, well, we were lying. We, they, they do exist. We, this is a craft here. We don't know what it is. It's not this made off planet. We can't do this. And we'll get back to you. So that's their lip service. They'll tell you, well, there's something to this. We just don't know what. So they shut us up for a while and it just goes away. And we sit here and just twiddle our thumbs and wait for the next, you know, revelation that never comes. Very true. Very true. I mean, the evidence that you have, though, that you have not shown people. And I I don't know if I'm allowed. am, Am I allowed to mention the one that was a trail cam photo? Um. Which one is that? The the hand? Yeah. No, yeah, I'll, I'll show that. It's in the book. Okay, uh, I, I wasn't sure about this one, but this photo, yeah, it was in the this photo is absolutely incredible. I mean, look, we're always saying that nothing happens. Let me just pull it up here. So for our radio audience, there's a trail cam picture of uh, that Carter has in his book, and right there, Carter. Uh, and in literally you are seeing the fingers and fingernails of the four fingers on, it looks to be a, is that a left hand or a right hand, Carter? I'm thinking it's the right hand. Cause I think, uh, right under here is the thumb. This is a little finger, big finger, middle finger. I think that's the thumb folded under. It, it's hard to tell, but the, you know, the backstory is just, 
phenomenal because the guy watched the creature I won't say creature, the being walked in front of this trail camera. He watched it walk in front of the camera. So what do you do with that? You know, you see that. And so, you know. Uh... If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Uh, and this guy called me and said, I don't want this out because they're going to trash it. That's what I would have said to him anyway. But uh, he's a former government worker, and uh, he's was injured in a lot of work. He can't hunt his land like he'd like, so he lets a guy in town hunt in return, give me some of your kills so I can feed my family and you can keep the rest to feed your family and help me. He has 33 cameras, no, take that back, 36 cameras in groups of three. All, look, the, here's, there's three, here's a camera here, camera here, and one where my head is, and they're all pointing at each other. So if something trips one camera and one camera misses it, he'll catch it with the other two. And so, uh, so he caught that, but the guy who was hunting his property was up in the blind, smoking a cigarette. He was done hunting for the day. He was about to climb down. And I've been in that blind myself. I went straight to his property. As soon as he sent me that, I said, I'm, I'm coming to visit you. He said, please do. So I came, I went and visited him. I climbed in the blind. I've been there. I spent a couple of nights there. The guy sitting up there smoking a cigarette, looking and about 30, 35 yard across from this blind. Uh, it's a great big open field. And then there's, it's all tree line. This creature just walks up there. I said creature. I meant being anyway, he walks up through this little opening and they're just staring at each other. He's up there in the, in the blind looking down and this, this being, this Sasquatch is just looking at him, just standing there staring. And then he turns left and just walks along the tree line right in front of that camera. So number one, there goes the logic that they can affect the electronics in a trail cam. Well, that that dummy didn't get the memo that you don't walk in front of the square box with the eyeball on it because humans can take your picture. He just walked right by that camera and just doop, 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 click. <laughs> it's like, 
whoa, how do you how do you do that? You know, so and then he walks off into the woods, doesn't even bother looking back. And he runs down and, you know, sends me the photo. He takes it to, you know, the guy. Carter, I'm going to get you to hold on. We will finish this story, incredible story, with Carter Bouchard, who is a very, very inquisitive, knowledgeable Sasquatch hunter from the beautiful state of Kansas, I believe, or Missouri. One of the two. Missouri. Missouri. Kansas City. That whole Kansas thing screws me right up. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, you know, Kansas City, Missouri is fine. I get you. I get you. Either way, whatever Kansas you're from, we're going to be talking Sasquatch when we return on Spaced Out Radio with author, researcher, Carter Bouchard, next on the Mighty SOR. That's a good start. Yeah. Well, it gets better. Stuff has happened since then. But I'll I'll save it. Uh, and yeah, it's. And I ended up meeting. Uh, I'll tell that story too. I ended up meeting a forest conservation officer mm-hmm. from the state he's in. Yeah, and he is a believer. And I got his cell phone. And I met him through the property owner. He he saw them out there walking around his land, but not on his land, but next to it. And they started a conversation. And uh, he's a believer. He believes there's something more to him than just flesh and blood. And he's like all on board. And I've talked to the guy. Right. And he will call me. And there's cave system down there that nobody knows about on this other land. And uh, I'll, I'll tell it when we go back sure. and come back. Sure. Grantavious! The Grantavious one. And remember, people, make sure you hit up Cable Guy Matt for your free piece of autographed coaxial cable signed by uh, Cable Guy Matt. Remember, folks, you cannot buy these in stores. Limit one per household. I saw that. I thought you were casting a spell on me. I couldn't tell. What no, it was. no, that's <laughs> it's all in support of Cable Guy Matt. I mean, he's got a family to feed, you know. John Hinayosa, how are you, man? Nice to see you there. Coax he, forever. Yeah, uh, Cable Guy Matt's literally watching us on like an 85-inch screen right now. I have screen envy. So do I. I have a 65, and I feel inadequate, you know. <laughs> Enzo, how's your hair tonight? I didn't see the post. Mm-hmm. That was a good night, that first dinner night. Enzo, hey, Enzo. Yeah. He got a book. So Bob. 185-inch, I'm sorry, 185-inch television. It takes up his wall. It's brutal. Good God. Yep. That's a movie screen. That's not a TV. Oh, yeah. Cable guy, Matt, he does it right. Uh, Stevie Franchise, how are you? The gorgeous Tracy Moore, how are you? I wonder if uh, Hallmark is still here. Or if he had to... I mean, it is 9.32, so it's officially two minutes past his bedtime. Yeah. 
He's probably brushing his teeth right now. Yeah. I had a nice uh, chat with Nate. I didn't realize that he's got a picture of him singing with Sting and the police on stage. I know. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, no you, you look at Nate Foot though. I mean, that guy should have been a male model. I mean, perfect hair, oh, nice teeth, great manly smile, bench yeah, press. He used to Brent bench press like five hundred pounds, and that's not even joking. Oh, I'm he's he's built like a bear. Yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with him. He's the only guy I know who could who would actually you know wrestle with Sasquatch of the forest. Yeah, that come out a winner. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. His goatee hair is afraid to stray in different directions. That's how intimidating Nate Rudd is. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he's a he's a handsome devil. He's good breeding stock. That's what I. Yeah, saying. he's got them child rearing <laughs> hips. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Absolutely. We got about uh, one minute here. I want to remind everyone the Super Chat is open. It's a great way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you very much. And if you haven't done it yet, head on over to our store, spacedoutradio.com. Get your swag today. We've got lots of Bigfoot shirts, some really cool ones that we added recently. And uh, yeah, whatever you like, just head on over. It's right there. Right there. Spacedoutradio.com. Right there. Yeah. Just click on it. You can do it. Nobody's going to know. All right, we've got about 40 seconds. 40 seconds. Applesauce, how you doing? Here we go. Five seconds. Second half hour of Space Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with, with author, researcher Carter Bouchard looking into the evidence of Sasquatch. Now, Carter, right before the break, you were telling us a story about evidence and about uh, a sighting that occurred on a gentleman's property where you caught the handprint of mm-hmm. a Sasquatch. Yep. Yep. Let's see here. I'll show it up again for those who missed it. Let's see here. 
Yeah. Oh, wrong one. Hold on. So what we're looking at here for our radio audience, Carter, is what? It is a hand of a proximate six and a half to seven foot tall Sasquatch that a gentleman was sitting in his blind about to come down for the day, done hunting, smoking a cigarette, and the Sasquatch walks up from a uh, ravine through some woods and right into this clearing. The uh, hunter and the Sasquatch do about a five-second stare down. and then Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The Sasquatch turns to its left and walks along the tree line right in front of a camera. Wow. So what do you do with that? You know, I mean, it, you can't ask for any, anything better, you know. And, and so, you know, and I, I am a firm believer that they can interrupt the, uh, you know, the electronic signal, uh, possibly just by in, in, uh, infrasound uh, or just being able to interrupt the signal for with other kind of skill sets, which I'm not aware of, because uh, a lot of people report that. But that picture is just mind-blowing you know and it's is legit i've vetted this guy it's it's not hoaxed he doesn't have the wherewithal or anything you know and he's got all these cameras set up because he really is an aficionado of deer and wildlife and he likes to get pictures you know and they do hunt the property uh, but he got that and so i i drove to his location in another state, I uh, spent two uh, two nights, three days, two nights there, and uh, he has, like I said, thirty six cameras all around in, in about a one acre area. So he's got you know just clumps of trees here and there. So uh, while I was there, I left a gifting site uh, in one of the uh, triangle uh, uh, gifting uh, the camera areas. And so I left, you know, I went to Dollar Tree and got like, you know, cheap jewelry, you know, baubles, little baby dolls, a mirror, a Squatch love mirrors. Those mirrors disappear more than you know. You know, you just picture a Sasquatch seeing its reflection for the first time. That's not in a spring or a creek or a river, a clear. That's got to be incredible. I've had probably half a dozen of them just disappear. So I, I, I know there's an attraction for that. But anyway, so I put this gifting site there at this one little triangular area. And about two or three months ago, he calls me and I'm going to show another picture here.
And what, what, what are we looking at here? The trail camera that was ripped off the tree. Now, the straps were torn in half. They weren't cut. They were torn. Such force was taken that it broke the metal clips off where you clamped the, uh, you know, the door on the camera shut. The metal clamp was taken off. The little straps that hold that thing on, those were broken. Yeah, now deer comes to mind. You see some teeth marks on it, uh, which, you know, a bear would be a good choice. But we, all three of us agreed that they did not like that uh, gifting area that I left. They were not happy, so they destroyed two of the cameras. One of the cameras, uh, uh, like I said, these straps were like snapped off. They were like not chewed. They were ripped and it ripped the, the housing off one of the cameras had the sd card now if you opened up up the camera that the housing for you stick the sd card in that was not damaged whatsoever but the sd card he had a mini sd card in an adapter that so it would fit into the uh to the camera that had been pinched or crushed because you couldn't get the data off. And I sent it to a lab here <clears throat> and they confirmed the same thing. It looks like someone took a pair of pliers and just pinched down on that SD card. But how would it know? How would it know? That is the million dollar question. Now, if it's a human doing that, well, you're just going to take a whole camera. Or take the SD card. Why would you just do that and stick it back in like, you know, stupid human? You're not going to know that I did this. That was a supposition from this lab. Now, they, they wanted $500 to $1,000 to run, reconstruct all the data that was lost. Because all the little uh, the, the little gold solder lines that are on, you know, the card, you know, they were, they were broken uh, in, inside the SD card. And so they said, it'll cost $500 to $1,000. Well, you know, I'm a wealthy man, but I'm not that wealthy. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of money, and it's for not a guarantee. But that was the weird thing was that that housing was in perfect shape. You know, that, that was in the center of the camera. But it, it, it looked like it had, and you couldn't tell from looking at it. You could just plug it in, and there's no data coming out. The guy said, I think there's something on there, but we, we can't tell unless we break it down. i got to charge it for all this time. So I sent it back to the owner, and we're going to try to figure out maybe we found a cheaper way to do that. But anyway, they destroyed the area because they didn't like the gifting site that I'd done. They, they, they just pissed them off, and they destroyed the cameras at that gifting area, not all the other cameras, just the ones in this one little area. It was just bizarre. So while my guy's repairing his cameras and putting them back up, he sees some guys walking along some land that borders his land. He's kind of curious because you don't see many people out there. It's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, nowhere USA. It's in the middle of nothing, you know, just heavy woods and nothing. The land next to his was gifted to this state that he lives in, about 2,000 acres by an elderly couple, with the caveat that you cannot hunt, fish, or do anything on there other than to educate and let people visit. So it can be used for training college students or, uh, you know, conservation agents and training and stuff like that, but no hunting. 
And so he goes over there and talks to these guys. I hadn't seen you guys around here. You know, it's my property over here. Just kind of curious what y'all doing. One of them was a conservation officer and two guys in training. And they got to talking and pulled him aside and was going, hey, I just thought I'd let you know this is what's going on on my property. He's like, oh, really? Well, so long story short, uh, he talks to him, gives him his phone number. If you get something going on, call me. He calls me and gives me this conservation agent's number. I call him and talk to him. And he is a firm believer against whatever policy they have that nothing like this exists. Uh, so uh, if I, and I, I showed him this picture in my, my, the guy who owns the property sent him the picture, but he didn't get it or forgot it and lost it or something. So I showed it to him. He goes, Oh my, I got to start checking my cameras more often, you know, cause they put cameras out all over the place. Yeah. And they don't check them but once or twice a year, you know, and they're just looking for migration patterns or, you know, species that are, you know, rare or whatever so uh but i talked to the guy he said uh i will call you the moment something is worth getting you down here so that's all i can ask just you know but he believes he believes there's something more to them than the flesh and blood as well because he hears things you know and i talked to him on the phone also and it was like he had to kind of whisper. He, he was in the office and uh, he took the call and he <laughs> probably didn't mean to. But anyway, uh, it was uh, it was quite enlightening. So that is evidence back to our original subject. A photo like that, that's evidence. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you're, you know, who you think you are in the scientific community or otherwise. Uh, that's evidence, pure and simple. Right there. We have that in our hands. But they deny it. Oh, yeah. Why? I don't know. I have my theories, you know, that there's more to them than meets the eye. Other than that, it's all speculation. But so, and there's, you know, I can name 10 people, and you probably know half of them, uh, uh, Scott, uh, you know, that you know that you have stuff that you can't show or have been shown. Yes, I have stuff like it. You know what I mean? So we're all sitting on it because you know, it, it, you know. Now I put this in the book because a, I had permission from him to do it, and he was kind enough to share it with me. Uh, but when you see that, that's not fake. That's not photoshopped. I've run it through my programs. That's there's no alteration. The only thing was done is I took the time date stamp off of the picture, so it wouldn't give away a geographic uh, location. So that's the only thing I've done as far as tampering is taking any geo data off of there other than that it's right out of there it's probably third generation now i did tweak it uh, because most trail cams will show uh, stuff in about a 96 72 to 96 dpi which is not near good enough for printing or putting in a book or even showing uh, you know so i boosted it up to 300 dpi which is the minimum this one might be 600 but 300 dpi is the minimum that you can get put in a book to have it look right. So I, I, that, I manipulated the dots per inch uh, on photo lab, like Adobe Photoshop and got it up to 300. So it looks good. You know, uh, other than that, there's no manipulation of the data, but that's it. But that the story is authentic. It's awesome. The guy was sitting there. I went to the blind myself and crawled up there and sat there for about three hours. One day saw nothing, but it was just like, 
going back to the scene of the crime. It's just, it was an awesome sensation, you know, but that's evidence. And so, but you're not going to see much of that, you know, because if I posted that and I gave it to somebody never to share and he shared it and they roasted it on some of the more negative Facebook, you know, Bigfoot sites. They just, oh, that's fake. If you don't have five photos in front and five in the back, that's all fake. What's the name, address? What's the geo coordinates? I mean, you, really? Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Come on, oh, buddy. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they were just roasting it. Well, why? Because they're jealous and they're negative I had a I had a ghost picture that this ghost hunter out of Ontario uh, was with me. He goes, "I think your photo messages me out of the blue. I think your photo's fake. Like it's not fake." He goes, "Well, I haven't approved it yet." So I said, "Who are you?" Right? He goes, "Well, this is my team," and I said, "Well, it doesn't matter because." Whether you approve, whether you proved it or not, I said, there are people who I've sent the photos to that are very much inclined to believe that this is true, and they've uh, they're some of the top researchers in North America. And he goes, "Who?" I said, "Well, first off, I'll name you two. I said, I, I sent it to Butch Witkowski, and I sent it to David Weatherly. I don't know who they are, and if I don't know who they are, then they are obviously not worth my time." Like just a just a jerk, right? I never ended up yeah. sending him the photo. But speaking of which, you mentioned your gifting site that you put up, mm-hmm. and so everybody's kind of been following around after I found uh, Prince on last weekend on Mother's Day, and we went back there today, and I casted them along with the Lip Blade Paul, and unfortunately, because we do have to be truthful here. Three of the prints ended up being boots. It it happens. It happens. But the main thing is we're not here telling stories about how we found these Sasquatch prints. And they were all Sasquatch prints. So we do have one confirmed that was a print. We could see the toes. Carter, you verified it. Nate Rudd verified it. World Bigfoot Radio mm-hmm. Duke Sullivan verified it. And a couple others have as well. Okay, we, we casted that print. I do have the cast beside me here, except, uh, I don't know, it's ugly. I'm not going to lie. It's an ugly cast. But here's what was interesting. We, we were searching uh, for a gifting site. So we went to the dollar store, loaded up on a bunch of stuff, and including a doll, because I took your advice on that one, a doll, yeah. 
And the reason why we chose a doll is uh, Robin McRae, who is a, quite the intuitive, she says she has communication with Sasquatch. And she said that the one footprint that we found was of a juvenile and that it was female. So we grabbed a doll for that. And we set up the gifting site. But here's what was interesting. Is the first site we went to where we put the gifting site underneath, it had a cross in trees. And one of those trees is actually interwoven into two other trees up high. So like it won't move. So Paul and I continue our search around that area and Paul walks backwards behind it. And in a straight line from that first one that we saw where we ended up putting the gifting site, he -hmm. finds another one. And the one interesting part about this one here is the one branch or the one little tree there is not near its stump. It's been moved. So that's kind of cool. And yeah. and just uh, for verification purposes, if we want to zoom in, you can see that Paul's mustache is looking highly waxed there as well. Uh, so... We come out of the forest to go get the gifting site, uh, toys and, and items. Paul looks across the street. Well, not across the street, across the logging road towards where the marsh is. And lo and behold, in a straight line, there's the third one. Mm. What do these markings mean? Well, a lot of people will say, don't go here. You know, an X, you know, this is my territory. Don't go past here or warning. I'm going to hurt you. You know, uh, my, my Canadian witness, uh, in BC, we've talked about him. Uh, he sees those too. And he, he says they have multiple meanings, like depending on the species and the length, and the complexity, if it's just a cross with some other things woven into it, it could be, this is our area, you're free to hunt. Uh, this is our area, you're not free to hunt, depending on the complexity of it. But most people say that is, don't go past this spot. We'll give you this, but don't go past it. And I don't know, I haven't, I've, you know, when you see an X like that, I mean, it's like, you know, timeout. Don't go here. I mean, it, it it feels from a human. Of course, we're assigning a human characteristic to this. It, it has the feeling of a warning. Don't go here. Roadblock. Don't go past. But, you know, I don't know exactly. Uh, I'm going to send you. You got your Facebook up? I do. I do. Okay. We got about five minutes here before we go to break. So. With those X's, we, we ended up setting up the gifting site. And we put up some, uh, some uh, like, New Orleans neck beads, something bright. We put up pom-poms, like, like t- tasseled-colored pom-poms. Uh, we put some toys in there, a ball, a mirror, and a hairbrush. And we put uh, some... Colored glass, you know those oval glass rocks you can get at the dollar store? They're very smooth. 
we put those out and we put some dice out. So we got red, green, green, and white dice, put them all together. We photographed them. So we have how the numbers are. We have like toys, like we got a little dinosaur, a little zebra tucked in with a, a ball. We have a, a shark because there was a shark, like a bathroom, bathroom toy shark that you wind up and the tail goes. So I want to see if the, yeah, yeah. I want to see if they'll play <laughs> with that. Uh, we put some cars up there, uh, some toy plastic cars. Um, we put up, uh, you know, it, something for a little bit of everything. We even left the, we put the colored rocks, uh, glass rocks in, in color formation. And, and then we just left the bag there hanging from a, from a branch that we put in between two trees. Mm -hmm. So we have lots of things for them to do, you know, and, and let's just hope that, you know, since we don't have trail cams up there yet, that it isn't some, a bunch of humans that go in there and screw it up because that area is come fall, a very highly hunted moose area. I mean, dude, yeah. we were looking at moose tracks that were, you know, six feet around. That's a big moose. And there were some bear tracks around there and deer tracks and all sorts of stuff. But, um, yeah, oh, the lip blade also uh, braided some uh, grass from the area and hung that from the tree. So it was all done uh, really, really cool. So um, I'm curious, man. The whole mirror thing, I'm really looking forward to that. So we got about two minutes to go here. Yeah, uh, you know, the mirrors I put, I, I, I clean them up real good, and I, I, I hang them on a, a, a tree with wire around a branch. And so you have to yank it really hard to break it. And the one that was taken in one of my habituation areas with, that I monitor for a, a family there uh, – it was broken off and, and part of the plastic, you know, uh, on the hole on the handle that was on the ground. So something, it, it yanked it. It had the string. I use a picture hanging wire. So not just string. I put it up with picture hanging wire. So it's going to take some strength, you know, and it chose to just break it off uh, rather than unwind it. But anyway, so uh, the mirrors, I think they just have to just be fascinated with that. You know, imagine seeing your reflection for the first time clear i mean just it's got to be an aha moment for them well yours may have seen itself for the first time didn't like what he saw and then broke the cameras could have could have been <laughs> oh i am ugly damn human i'll fix you you know get out of my lawn yeah get off my lawn you know <laughs> yeah whippersnappers so uh yeah I, I sent you a cool photo we talk about it the next time because uh uh it's a ghost. It's awesome. It is clear as a bell. It's a ghost caught on a trail cam at another habituation site. And they heard a ruckus and they thought it was Sasquatch again. And they ran out with a gun because it was something was slapping on the house, which it always does. And they ran out. And uh, the picture, two pictures before is the uh, Mr. Homeowner running out. And he's got his gun in his hand. He's shining a light, you know, and then the two pictures after, uh, uh, are this photo I sent you. There's two of them. They're almost the same one, so I just sent you the one. But uh, caught on a trail. It's a ghost, and it's clearly 
the ghost, it's translucent. You can see right through it, but it's clearly wearing a nightgown and a robe. And there's a great backstory to that, too, which I just found out this year. And I've known them for five years. I've been hanging out. We, we, my wife and I go out with them socially, talk about all kinds of stuff. And uh, they just found out. That's a whole other story. But uh, if you can show that, if you want to, you, you can. I've got permission to share that photo. It's it's pretty fascinating photo. Well, let, let's, uh, uh, let's show it when we come back from break here because okay, yeah, yeah. we are one hour down. We have one hour to go. With author, researcher, Carter Bouchard, one hell of a poker player. He was too scared to play me in Vegas and dodged me the entire weekend. He did. I couldn't find you. Yeah, I was at the poker table. Where were you? Hour two of Spaced Out Radio continues after this. <laughs> I still got some $100 bills for you. Oh, Pono, quadruple eight, how are you? All right, I'm just going to step away for a minute here. I'll be right back, okay? Uh, you can talk to the audience. Do you see the chat room now? Uh, lower it, left? Well, if you go up to I where see. it said private chat, and then it'll say comments. Yeah. Just click on comments, and you'll be able to see the chat room. Oh, I see it. I see them all. There yeah. you go. All right. Yeah, well, Enzo, yeah, about the hair care products, you know, uh, we discussed that. I have used his uh, mustache oil, and my wife loves it. You know, that's the only hair I have on my body, you know. So, but uh, it actually it actually kind of works. I'm surprised. So, uh, I'll be grabbing some more at the next Vegas conference, apparently. So, uh yeah, somebody meant you know the structures. Uh, they're they're communicating with each other right in front of us. We have no idea what they're saying, but it's a great way to communicate. You know, and you know if you're walking through the woods, you see these structures, you think nothing of them, or oh, I wonder who did that and why they did that, and then you just move on and think nothing of them. But if you're a researcher, investigator, or just you're knowledgeable about Sasquatch, you know some of these cannot be. Uh, made by anything other than opposable thumbs, you know, and if you think they fall naturally uh, into those forms, they don't. And my theory, uh, it, my, my rationale is you can take five chopsticks, throw them up in the air. How many times do you have to throw them up before they will come down and form a complex structure? You'll die before that ever happens. So they're made with intelligent choice and intelligent design uh, to communicate with one another. So uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So Angel Wing, Strange Land. Charles Zombie Huckleberry. Carter, what has been your closest encounter? Uh, closest encounter uh, was... I was watching one on a thermal one night leading an expedition 2013 in Missouri and it just vanished. It just poof, it vanished, uh, it just it vanished right in front of, right in, in front of me. I was looking at you know, my thermal and it just took a step across this trail and just poof, flash of light. It was gone. And there was like a little smoke ring. It looked like somebody had blown a Sasquatch smoke ring. That was all that was left. And then it dissipated and faded into the night. And that was it. 
Uh, I haven't had a daytime sighting yet. I have not seen one in broad daylight. I've not been fortunate. Not that I know of. You know, I'm sure they've seen me plenty of times. Uh, Jessa, all I want to know is why I've been lied to my entire life. Well, are you talking about uh, your dating life? or by science and the government? Two different questions. Uh, we discussed that earlier. They are lying to us because they don't want us to know something. There's something incredibly unique about them that they don't want us to know. Otherwise, why would you lie about just another undiscovered primate? You just, you don't do that. You just wouldn't do it, you know? Hi, Easy Does It. How you doing? The gorgeous Ryan? Or is it Rin or Ryan? Please let us know. Did you get your t-shirt yet? The lovely Angel Wings. Thanks for coming on in. And anybody else? Griffin, how are you, buddy? Make sure you put your questions in capital letters, everyone, so that way I can, uh, I can uh, read them easier. Um, quickly here. There is my cast. That big hole there is a rock that was in there. It's a very uh, deep heel. Um, this is where the big toe... Oh, wrong side. That's where the big toe is. And this is all excess up top that's the print right there not a boot print not a boot print did you get my photo i did i did here we go carter hold on You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate 
earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on TalkStream Live, Odyssey Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Zeitgeber. Zeitgeber is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on talking Sasquatch tonight. Carter Bouchard is here. You can find his books on Amazon. He is an author, researcher, and, you know, decent poker player. And we're going to get some questions right off the bat here, Carter, from our audience. Charles is starting off with, Carter, what has been your closest encounter? Well, my, my closest encounter was uh, leading an expedition in 2013, Missouri, uh, and I was about 75 feet away. Uh, we were looking for some lost expedition goers. It was about 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. They got lost. They took the wrong turn. The radios were not working. And so I was scanning the woods for them, hopefully, to come around this corner where I was waiting for them. Me and the other group were waiting for them to show up. And I was just scanning. I was not recording, and I'll never do that again, not record. But I was looking through my thermal, and I saw this glow coming through the woods. I'm going, okay, finally they're here. Thank God. Okay, guys, they're here. They're here. And I'm looking. It ain't them. It's a Sasquatch coming around the bend where they should have been coming. And it walked one step, two steps. On the second step, it just, poof, flash of light, it vanished. And I'm sitting there looking right at it. I'm not recording. I'm not stoned. I'm not drunk. My equipment's a very nice flare. It was working perfectly. I saw what I saw, and it just vanished. And when it disappeared, there was just like a little, it looked like somebody had blown a Sasquatch smoke ring. It was just this little ring that was around where it flashed, and then it just kind of dissipated into the night, and that was it. And uh, so... I was that close to it, but it was pitch black. I have not had a daytime sighting, but that was my closest eyeball sighting of what I know to be a heat signature of a Sasquatch. You know, uh, I've had other events, but that was the closest physically that I know of that I've been to a Sasquatch. Next question. Are Sasquatch another reason why you think national parks of the forest say don't go off the trail and stuff like that? Well, number one is just safety. If, if you're a tourist and you have no idea what you're doing, uh, you're just walking along and hiking and, oh, look, oh, look, oh, you, you see. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. 
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. See a, you see a cute squirrel or a moose or something you want to go walk off and take a look and get a picture. All of a sudden you're gone, you're alone, and nobody knows where you're at. So I think it's for safety first. Um, do I think they know that there are Sasquatch and some events going on? Oh, heck yeah. Of course they do. You know, but they're not going to talk about that because there goes the revenue for people not going to the national parks again because there's 10 foot tall Sasquatch, you know, taking babies. So they're not going to talk about those. Uh, I think it's more for your safety, but there's probably a little bit of what you're talking about in there, too. I believe it, you know. Wonderful. All right, let's move on. Applesauce wants to know, do you think the tree structures could be related to the B-2 bomber navigation system M-code? I'm not really sure. What I don't know what that is. means either. No offense. Uh, applesauce, if you could put in our chat room what you mean by that, I will, will re-ask the question. All right, Terry Hall is asking, what do you think is the tie between Bigfoot and UFOs? I don't know exactly, but I think there is a tie to some because I have a witness in my second book who had seven hours of missing time when he saw a Sasquatch coming at him and his dog. He barricaded himself into his trailer. He's standing there with a knife waiting for this creature to come busting in his trailer. It's 1130 at night. He wakes up at 530 in the morning. He's in the same position with his dog. And seven hours went by. So I think there is a link. I don't know if they are connected to them or if they're studying one another, but there is, I'm hearing things now that make you go, hmm. Yeah, I think there probably is. Uh, have I read Dolores Cannon's books? Oh, yeah, I have read a couple. She took me under twice. So I've read a couple of her books. You know, she passed away six, seven years ago. Her daughter still run the business down there in Arkansas. Uh, but yeah, she's got some great, really good books about celestial hearing and entities and yeah uh, charles Spoiler! charles by the way wants you to know his closest encounter was three feet i gotta hear that story i have, I have encounter envy that's that's really good yeah me me too now, uh, i've had them drag their finger across my tent when i'm in it at night i mean i'm pretty sure it was them but i don't know it but i didn't see them but i'm pretty sure this was somebody just messing with me but you know uh three feet is pretty darn good yeah I, that's and, just amazing uh yeah. steve wolf wants to know do you still play drums yes i do for therapy i i played for 20 years i still have my set now we have an autistic granddaughter and she's six and I take her down to the basement where I have my drum set up and the vibration, she loves the vibration and she's starting to play them now. She's sitting on them playing them. I got a little, we, we got her for her birthday last week, uh, a, a toy drum set, but I still pound on my tubs, mostly just 
for therapy to get out some aggression or frustration or whatever. Uh, but now my granddaughter loves them. And every time she comes over, please, she points to the basement. Can we go? So how do you yeah, say I no to that? How do you say no to that? You don't, you know, and she, I know she's, you know, she's going, please. I mean, she doesn't go down because, you know, she's got coordination issues because she is autistic. And so she doesn't go down there unless we go with her. So does Carter and uh, Carter, do you no, encounter orbs at the gifting sites? I have not, but I have, I have heard. Well, no, I have not. I have not encountered orbs at the gifting site. I can tell you a story about one. When I came upon some gifting rocks, when I was leading an expedition in 2019, at nearly the same time, I was found, found these gifting rocks and they coordinated uh, these rocks right here. Uh, they coincided with the exact number of people in my party. My wife, 325 miles away in Kansas City, I was in Illinois at the Trail of Tears. She sees an orb flying through the bedroom. Now, she not only sees it flying through the bedroom, but she also sees it in the mirror. So she sees it, and then she sees the reflection. So it's like a real thing she's seeing. It's not like a car driving by or anything like that. So uh, that happens, and I believe it happens. Wow. I got to ask you, for those of us who have gifting sites out there or are thinking of putting gifting sites out there, what should we look for in order to know whether or not we are getting reaction? Oh, probably subtle things like feathers or stacked rocks. Uh, that's the kind of subtle things that they have at their disposal to gift. Uh, a field mouse wrapped in grass a dead rabbit wrapped in grass and small animals that are wrapped in reeds or grasses, uh, but stack rocks, little glyphs on the ground. I think Dave, you've, you've got some, you've experienced some glyphs, haven't you? Some little symbology on the ground with twigs and leaves. Yes. Uh, but that, that kind of stuff. And it's real subtle. And my witness in Canada was seeing this stuff for like 20, 30 years before he finally went, Oh, that's what that is. You know, because, you, you know, as humans, we, we just don't get it. We, we're not looking for it. Uh, but little subtle things like that that are natural things, unless they are re-gifting things that they have been gifted themselves. You know, marbles. Uh, my witness in Canada was gifted a marble, and he sent it to me. I have it. It's in the book, too. Uh, but little subtle things uh, that woven uh, twigs and stuff, uh, braided uh, grasses, uh, small animals uh, wrapped in grasses, stacked rocks, stuff like that. Let's get to yes. Space Cadet Lottie's question. Carter, do you believe Sasquatch were here before humans? Uh, yeah, evidence is kind of, you know, so evidence. Remember, we're creating our own evidence. Uh, evidence is, yeah, I think they were here before us. And they'll probably be here long after we uh, destroy the planet if we don't watch what we're doing. But yeah, I think they were here. All right. Uh, Nicholas would like to know, what's your theory on Sasquatch's ability to count? Well, I've got so many examples, uh, but uh, 
I've been on expeditions and not only leading, but as a member of somebody else's expedition. And uh, I have a really good example. I was here in Missouri. There were six of us in a group. Uh, there was a woman there who was uh, uh, kind of talking a lot, and I had to get away from the group. And the whole time we were there, we were hearing uh, rocks. The first you think it's fish jumping in the water, but these are huge splashes. Kasplash, kaplash. So I leave the group of six. You hear a kabloosh, 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 kabloosh. Five people still there. One guy leaves. I radio to my partner, Brian, after I get away from the crowd. I say, hey, why don't you come over here? I want you to see something. And he leaves. Kaploosh, 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 kaploosh. What are the odds that there's six fish jumping and they're spacing it with two? You, you know what I mean? And I have dozens of examples, but uh, they, not all the time, but when they need to, send a message to other Sasquatch that uh, there's a humans here and a couple of them have left the group or one's left the group, or there's three here and four there. You might hear knocks, splashes, rock clacks, whoops, whistles that will enunciate the number of people in the group or the number that left the group. All right. Sovereign. I've got all kinds of stories about that in this book. They can count. Sovereign wants to know, do you believe Sasquatches have been mistaken as God now and in the past? You know, I've actually never thought about that. Uh, but from a Native American perspective, perhaps they were worshipped or respected as someone with equal or greater power than they had. You know, uh, much as, you know... Uh, aliens coming down were considered gods, you know, when you look at you know, Egypt and Atlantis and Machu Picchu and their depiction of, you know, creatures coming down, they were revered as God, but they're not God in our Western version of religion. So it's possible. It's possible because they may have powers that we don't have, which I think is possible. And so if they can exhibit those powers and we don't have them, well, you got to be a God. You can do stuff I can't do. Right on. All right, let's continue on here. Follow up from Sovereign. Do you believe it's the Sasquatches that are leaving large bird feathers in front of one's path, or could it be another cryptid entity like Toth, Quetzalcoatl, or Thunderbirds? In my experience, it's Sasquatch, and I base that only on the fact that I have never seen Toth or Quetzalcoatl or Thunderbirds myself. So I would uh, equate that with Sasquatch or another cryptid. But, you know, since I'm involved in Sasquatch almost exclusively, I think the feathers are an acknowledgement and they're a, a sign of peace and, and love. You know, it's a peaceful offering. So uh, I would equate it with Sasquatch more than I would anything else, only because that's my experience. All right, let's continue on here. Vaughn, would like to know, are you aware of any Sasquatch hunters that have disappeared while searching? No, only the ones that owe me money. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I, and that's another good subject because there's, I have not heard or experienced any kind of violence uh, 
or foul play with Sasquatch. You hear of all these reports of them attacking and and killing or maiming and taking babies and stuff. I have not experienced that, nor have I heard from any of my hundreds and hundreds of witnesses I've talked to that have described anything remotely close to that. You know, unless they just wander off and got lost. But I, you know, that'd be a four one one question. But I don't think that's you know, I've not experienced that. Lucy Bell would like to know, Carter, do you think Sasquatch is a living earth being or an interdimensional spirit? With the evidence I'm getting, probably both. You know, if you come to visit the planet Earth, you know, uh, if we go to the moon, we have to wear a space suit to, to live on their planet. I think they can live here and come and go as they please uh, just by virtue of their skill set. So, uh, and there's a lot of stories of them being able to, uh, you know, not only shape shift, but change their vibrational frequency uh, to where uh, they can appear to disappear or actually disappear. So I think they can probably come and go uh, as they wish. Uh, there's so much evidence and stories about that. You just can't deny that anymore. So I, I think they're, I think they have the ability to do both. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I really think that, that, you know, one of my big theories of it all, as we continue on here on Spaced Out Radio with our guest, Carter Bouchard, and I know you are, are quite open and, and sensitive to the idea as well, is we really, really do not take advantage of the knowledge that First Nations people have regarding this creature. We, we're, no, stu- no. We're, we're very stupid about it. Yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 it's kind of sad because they've, they've, you know, indigenous peoples in, in Canada and the United States have all gotten the short shaft. I mean, we, we, are, we all know that. So, and we will be very quick to discount the things they tell us only because we humans, white humans, have proclaimed ourselves kings of the universe, kings of the planet. You know, we rule the planet, we are it. So we're going to discount anything we don't believe or understand because... That's not, it's not our way of thinking, you know? So yeah, it's really sad. You know, it's sad that, but they've, they've got a wealth. If you even believe a 10th of what they say, we'd be, we'd be having an entirely different conversation right now. You know? Right. And I understand that. And I can very much appreciate that. And, you know, it's, it's something that uh, I, I'm very, very strong for, very strong mm-hmm. for. And, you know, when I get uh, in my small town where I am, where I have the privilege of talking to a lot of First Nations and indigenous people about the creature, when when they talk to me, I I always try to, you know, find out, you know, what, what I should do for my own safety, you know, for my own blessing, to make sure that, you know, I'm treating them with respect. And I think that goes a long way in trying to build the communication and the trust with the creature, even though it's not recommended by, I know many in our first nations area here. Yeah, no, I've got a a pretty good friend. He's a witness. He's a a Facebook friend. We haven't met, but uh, they have all kinds of tales. Here's the thing with with the first nations, indigenous peoples, uh, the native Americans and North America and the United States, native Americans, this was handed down from, this was before hoaxing was a thing. You saw something, you drew it on a cave wall, you 
wrote it down. You shared it with your your generations and generations of children and, and offspring because there wasn't the, this is what I saw. This is what it must be. This is what we believe. And this is what I saw. Well, you know, that's before hoaxing, you know, and so these are true encounters. You just can't wrap your head around it because we're all taught how to think uh, from the day we exit the birth canal. We're all taught how to think for the first 20 years of your life. We're all kind of bullshitted uh, with the educational system. So I'm sorry if I said I cussed. But anyway, uh, so we're taught. So your uh, initial reaction is to discount that stuff. Well, that's got to be phony because, you know, uh, we don't have any proof. Well, you have proof because these people saw something and they told you what they saw. And that's the truth. That's their truth back then before social media hoaxing and all the other stuff, you know. And so uh, you have to take that with more than a grain of salt, several grains of salt. There, there's merit to, I'd probably say, 75% of the things you hear from Native American. It's handed down as truth because they don't have a written record. It's handed down, and this is their lineage. This is their heritage, you know. So it's very frustrating, you know. Think of what we're losing, you know. Well, you what know, you know, we're losing a lot of quality evidence is what yeah, we're losing. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing that, that I think we need to be a little bit more sharper on. we got two minutes to go here before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. Carter Bouchard is our guest. Steve is asking, Carter, how much of the BFRO do you think accepts don't discount Bigfoot paranormal theories personally? If I'm reading the question right, 100%. If it's got, if it starts with a letter P, it's going to be paranormal, and they just won't print it. They won't put it in there. I've had my own reports sanitized and definite signs of intelligence and or paranormal and or quantum stuff taken out, you know. And so they they got a TV show to protect. They don't want anything in there that's going to tick off the sponsors. So... That's a, a long, sore subject well, with me. Well, let, let me, I have, because you're a member, and I know you have to watch what you say, I will come in and rescue you here. And, oh, you're, you're good. I'll, I'll follow and, you right and, behind and I And I will say this. If you're a member of the BFRO and your uh, reports are edited, right there it cancels any type of science that BFRO claims that they are doing. There is there's no science. There's no science. If you were if you were editing any type of report to suit your narrative, there is no science there. So yeah. for me, it absolutely kills the credibility of the BFRO because they are not taking reports properly and investigating them properly. They are investigating them to their narrative that they have sent, whether it's for the television show or whether it's for their own gain. And the minute you do yeah. that, you are conducting opinion. You are not conducting anything scientific. We have Carter yeah. Bouchard for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. And we are going to continue with some audience questions and learning about Bigfoot and evidence tonight. Carter's books can be found on Amazon. Hard to believe we're already halfway through this show. It is flying on by. Then in hour three, we're going to head to the swamp. 
Super Duke will join us. It's Dave 101 night and Shirky Boo's news. Stay tuned. Spaced Out Radio continues after this. Perfect. Hey, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I wish they'd asked this question about a minute earlier. I was supposed to do a, uh, a show about a month ago, uh, another cryptid show. And the guy wanted me on there and Matt Moneymaker and three of his cronies were also going to be on there. And he wanted to address what you just talked about, how the world's largest database is corrupted because they're editing all kinds of stuff out of these reports. All you're getting is just a glancing blow of what's really going on. And most of it has to do with paranormal uh, or any kind of sign of intelligence or being a sentient, sapient being. And uh, they asked me to be on there. And Matt and the other guy said, if Carter's on there, we won't go. Really? Yeah. Dixie Cryptid. Okay, so they they refused. He admitted to sanitizing one of my reports. Well, when he did that, uh, he admitted that, and he brought up another report that was sanitized, and I don't even remember that one. That's not one of the four or five that I have printed off that I know have been What's the word? Just sanitize, falsify it. Data's gone. So the world's largest largest database is corrupt because if you're manipulating the data that the public sees other than typos or sentence structure, and I leave all that stuff in there because if, you know, somebody doesn't spell right or good or whatever, it's it's more true than, than not. So, but if they refuse to be on the show, if I was there, so he's going to give me my own, one hour show. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If I want to do one uh, to refute whatever they said. But they refused to be on there if I was there. All of the, <laughs> who is the member? Can you state publicly who the member is? Because we are, remember we are on uh, live still on YouTube. Who is who is the uh, the dude who said that he wouldn't go on with you because he didn't want to argue with you? All of them. Really? Oh, well, Matt, uh, you know, I don't remember. Uh, I could remember if I thought about it, but uh, there's three of them uh, out of New Jersey, New England area. 
uh, I'd have to I'd have to ask the host, but uh, I know who they are. One of them uh, I think is one of the merchandisers that handles all the merchandise. I'm not sure, but it was two of his cronies that oh, are his kind of the race. I want to I want to go in with you on that. You do that show. I want to go in with you on that. Yeah, I've got to get back with him. He he was supposed to get back with me, and you know, I said, you know, if you want to, he was going to give me about five or ten minutes to refute what they said, and then the rest of the show is just going to be about my books and my research, like we're doing here. Uh, but uh, I would love to get on a be. I would love to get on a debate. You know, that's my one thing that I haven't done yet in in my spaced out radio career is I would love to speak at a Bigfoot conference because I would love to call out some of this crap. I you, really you would. You wouldn't get in the front door, <laughs> Dave. They would, oh, I know. They would, they'd kneecap you right there at the door. I'm fine with money, it. Then they'd kneecap. <laughs> yeah, they'd I, money, I would love to. I would love to. Yeah, yeah no, it's – it's it, and, and Matt had said, well, Carter and I are friends. We we have our arguments and blah, 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 blah. He's still a member, you know, and I haven't done a report in a year, year and a half. I, I refuse to contribute to the delinquency of a minor, as they say. I'm not going to contribute to the falsification of the world's largest database. I'm, gonna have, I'm not going to have my reports put in there and be a part of that. I just – I can't do it. It's just unconscionable. You know, so the world's largest database is corrupted. But he said, you know, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I've changed one report. Well, maybe two. That was his word. And he said, you know, we're, we're we're still friends. We still talk. We we have arguments. We disagree. But he's still a member. I like the guy. And blah blah. That, that's what he told the host. And but if they would not be on with me. And here's the funny part. Uh, in case I was going to get snuck on, Matt did not show up. He chickened out. He didn't show up. The other two or three guys did. But Matt, oh, oh it's a scheduling error. I got tied up. I'm so sorry. I'll come back. And right. he, he did a radio or he did a phone call and, and right. sent that in. Right. Uh, give me 20 seconds here. Uh, want to yeah. remind people the Super Chat is open tonight. And if you're looking for any really cool swag, head over to our store, spacedoutradio.com, and we can – Check it on out, and uh, you get some really cool swag there for yourself. Here we go, everyone. We passed the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. want to say uh, that you can check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, uh, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire, Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We have until the top of the hour, Carter Bouchard, author, researcher, good old Sasquatch guy from Missouri or Missouri. 
I don't know which one. Missouri. How do you I'm get from an Texas, A? I live in Missouri. How do you get an A on the end of Missouri? I don't understand that. You have to be from here to do it. You know. Oh, I see. I see. The alphabet here in Missouri is uh, seventeen letters, so that tells you why. <laughs> what would happen if we actually found Sasquatch? I'm hoping it would answer a few questions. It'll probably create hundreds more. It depends on who found it and how they presented it. That's the million dollar question, you know, just like with the Tic Tac videos, we just got a little piece of the pie just to shut us up. Yeah. They're from another planet. They're from off planet. We don't have that technology. We can't do that. They're not ours. What they are. We don't know. We'll get back to you. So it depends on who's presenting it. If it was you and me finding it, and we made the proper, we took the proper measures to protect ourselves and the body or the body part, uh, we might be onto something. But you, you would have to survive and get that to the public before we could be stopped. Uh, but, you know, uh, I would love to be the one, you know, and I, I could care less about any financial thing. It's just like the quest. What is the big secret? Maybe it's nothing. Maybe they are just another undiscovered ape. But what if they're not? What if they have the intelligence and the paranormal skills and the quantum skills that you know, Ron Moorhead mentions and others have mentioned? What if that is real? Well, then that's why they're hiding it. And so what else do we not know? What, who are we in relation to them? Who's the boss of the planet? I think it will come out that it ain't us. And that's what they don't want. You know, that's my opinion. You know. I, I can understand that. I, I can very understand that. Do you believe then that I don't buy this theory? I don't know why. It just doesn't sit well with me. And I know some very credible people who do believe in this. But do you believe there is a government cover-up regarding Sasquatch? Absolutely. Why is that? Absolutely. Freaking literally. Well, some of the witnesses in my book, number one, uh, you know, the guy in Canada, I keep referring to him because he's a plethora of information of, of, of quantum paranormal stuff. Uh, he was a member of a, a tree planting crew up in BC, your neck of the woods. And uh, long story short, they ran into uh, half of his crew of 12 ran into uh hundreds and hundreds of footprints and other evidence, which we don't have time to go into of their existence. They're on the spot. The other six guys came running out of the woods. They went over the hill from where these other guys were. And they come running back, screaming their hair literally was standing on end. Uh, and so uh, long story short, the crew leader packed them all into the van with all these guys with the hair still standing on end, literally sticking out like that. Uh, no exaggeration. Take them to the regional office. One by one, they talk to them all. And then they, the forestry guy says, you say a word, you'll never work in this industry again. And you know how hard work is to get here. You will never work in this industry ever again. So you, you say one word, you're done. And they split the crew up. Twelve guys went to twelve. One took one guy out of the crew and put him on another crew. 
they did it 12 times with 12 different crews. Just a threat. You say a word, you're done. And I've had cops tell me the same thing, you know, when they want to report something. So uh, the government knows full well what's going on. The paper and lumber companies know exactly what's going on. That one I believe. On, you know, do you believe that? The, the paper and lumber companies, absolutely. I mean, you yeah. have to realize, and I've said this other times on this show, I live in a logging community. Yeah. Okay, and those guys, they pay an arm and a leg to go on Crown Land and log it. That's their year. Yeah. And if they if they have a big enough crew, maybe it's half their year. Okay, and and they're going to make their money. And and you know, the average crew is maybe 10 people plus all the uh, millions of dollars in equipment. Mm-hmm. They need to get that lumber. They need yeah. to even in a lumber shortage. They need, which I, I never understand a lumber shortage if everybody's cutting trees, but that's just me, mm-hmm. right? They still need to work. And the problem is if you come across an area like we saw in Oregon with that, uh, that uh, endangered owl, the government mm-hmm. is going to come in and they are going to shut it down. Any new species or endangered species, they are shutting down that area. I got this straight from our government in Ottawa. And what will happen is the next couple of years, they're going to bring in a bunch of scientists to try and track it, find out what the food source is, where it's living, how many are there. And this is how it starts. In the meantime, they're going to shut down travel in that area, camping, fishing, hiking, geocaching, logging, mining, and whatever else they could shut down until they know and find out what the population is. Mm Mm-hmm. Or eradicate them. Or eradicate them. You know? And, you know, I I don't have any of this in writing from anybody, but, you know, there are crews that just go out and hunt them. Get on horseback. And, 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 you know, that that crew I was just telling you about, with the you know, six guys went to this one area and they saw all these footprints and all this uh, signs of uh, feeding and young ones and big ones, then the big giant 24 footprints, 24 inch footprints lead up over this hill. And they go back, the other guys go back into the woods. Sasquatch will give you so much territory, but if you get into, we keep retreating from you humans. When you get to where we put the X's up, if you come past that, we're going to take care of business. Not going to hurt you. <laughs> we're going to scare the holy crap out of you because that's what happened to these other guys. So they will run you out. So they're, they're going to give, you know, and my guy in Canada, he says the ones that were living right on his property have moved to another part of a lake, to an island on a lake because of human encroachment to their area. Rather than call a, cause a big mess, they'll just move on. They'll keep moving. Are they vagabonds, though? No, uh, they they live there. I think they can just hide. And, you know, I, I don't think they just travel from place to place. I think they give up certain territory, but at some point they're going to go, okay, that's it. You don't come past this point. You're a smart human and pick up on things, and you get that creepy, weird feeling like someone's watching me like you had, you know. Someone's watching us, something's going on. It, it was a deer, but it could have been a Sasquatch too. You know, you're just not going to go past it. There's no need for you. But, you know, Canada is really famous, I hear, from uh, from raping the earth and, and, and pillaging the trees and not replanting. So every now and then they have to go back in and put these crews out there. Um, 
What do I think of Expedition Bigfoot? I don't have cable. I've never really watched the show. And I don't watch Finding Bigfoot because I think it's a load of hooey. It's just sensationalizing something that we believe in. It kind of titillates the audience. We'll come back next week. We're going to find something. We'll come back next week. You know, uh, these are just TV shows to sell tampons, beer, and drugs to old people. You know, and if they, if anything rocks the boat with any kind of paranormal quantum stuff, there goes your sponsors. They don't want any part of that. So I don't watch that show. Now, I understand it's probably a, a step or two above uh, finding Bigfoot, but I, I've never seen one episode. You know, I don't, I don't think too much of it as a rule. I think. All right, Killed by Bigfoot is asking, any ideas on how the Bigfoots pass the time? Well, I'm shown some things every now and then in my head where I get communications from them. I know that sounds very trippy-dippy, but, you know, you hunt, you gather, you find a place, you forage for food, you know, uh, roots. Uh, certain times of year, uh, they go out and... Um, I think uh, in Canada, the aspen trees, I hear, have certain medicinal purposes at certain times of the year at certain uh, stages of decomposition. And so I think you're constantly gathering, you know, rich food sources and rich nutrient sources. So between that and raising your family and staying away from humans and looking for water and other sources of food, uh, that's it. And they may be very spiritual beings. They may spend some of their time just thinking good thoughts and wanting the world and us humans to be better people. They may spend a lot of time like monks and just think and, and stay alert and stay away from humans. You know, so uh, that is a good question. You know, some of the things I've been shown where the, the little ones are like running around catching bugs and, and throwing sticks at each other and trying to catch birds out of the air and stuff. Stuff like that, you know, while the, the parents are kind of just sitting there watching them. And like you would, you take your kids to the park, <laughs> let them play on the swing set. You know, they swing from the trees. And they probably have a very simplistic life, one that we probably wouldn't relate to anymore. We, you know, but I think that's what they do. They just enjoy nature. You know, they have an entirely different sense of being. I, I, you know, they're, they're here to protect the planet and to protect the planet from us humans. I think that's their main goal. So I think they spend a lot of time. Uh, just trying to put good thoughts into the air and for us to, to learn from things that, you know, keep us from wrecking the planet, destroying our civilization. You know, my thought only. How do you know what you're dealing with with Sasquatch? I mean, there's so many different, seems to be so many different subspecies of this creature. Is it really based on territory yeah, I think some of it's territory, you know, for sure. Uh, no, you've got the skunk apes uh, down in Florida. Uh, you've you've got the the super giants up there in the Pacific Northwest in Canada, where they're you know uh, here we're into the eight to ten foot range, and up there you're into the twelve fifteen foot range. Uh, and so, uh, but I think there are territorial things. I think you're going to have good guys and bad guys, just like there's good humans and bad humans, you know. Uh, luckily, the good humans outnumber the bad humans, you know. Uh, so, but I think <clears throat> you're going to have good guys and bad guys just like you, you do with humans. And I think they're going to have their territorial wars. But I think they're basically peaceful beings that just want to coexist. They will bluff charge you and 
scare the heck out of you, but I have not heard of one credible story of any violence toward humans. All right. What they do to one another, I don't know. Before we get to the next question, you were going to tell a story about a photo of a ghost here. Oh, yeah. This is from a habituation witness uh, here in Missouri. And I, I, I started to tell you the story uh, where uh, they have a lot of house slapping. They have a lot of gibberish and chatter they hear outside their house. And so uh, they ran out one night. And the, the two photos before this one are of Mr. Homeowner with his pistol in one hand and a flashlight in the other trying to find these creatures because the, the, they were slapping on the house, which they do quite often. And the dog was alerting uh, to what was going on. So they ran out and they were, you know, they had a camera uh, trained on this specific area. And so when he got back in the next morning and pulled the SD card, this is what he found. Awesome photo. Incredible photo. So for our radio audience, the photo is a black and white night vision uh, photo, and it looks like the ghost uh, of a woman who is wearing a nightie with an overcoat, like a sheer overcoat. And you, yeah. can, you can see one hand, which would look to be her right hand, and her left hand seems to be bent at the elbow. And this was taken uh, at 7.51 p.m. August 17th, 2018. We're sure this is not a person. Yeah, it's not a person. And the time date stamp is obviously wrong because 7.51 here in Missouri, uh, it's still broad daylight in August. That's summertime. So and most people don't change their time date stamp. So that the time date stamp is wrong. It was just about uh, one clock two o'clock in the morning something like that right and i'm very good friends with these people we see them a lot now they have a lot of other paranormal activity along with sasquatch on the property and that's a whole another half a show just with the stuff going on there you know i've just been really lucky to be uh in the right place at the right time or meeting the right people at the right time i've got some really just lucky to have stuff like that all right easy does it is asking any paranormal events happen after a bigfoot encounter uh, for me, yes. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, if you were listening earlier, um, is that, you know, when I was having a gifting, uh, experience in an encounter 325 miles away in, in Illinois, my wife was having, uh, was seeing an orb flying through our bedroom nearly the exact same time within about 15, 20 minutes, uh, not a coincidence. So yeah, uh, there is paranormal uh, activity after and during uh, Sasquatch events. Mind speed. I've yeah, I've had several things happen to me. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to Sovereign. Do you happen to know the symbolic meaning of Sasquatch gifting enclosed pine cones? So enclosed pine cones you mean before they've burst with their seeds? Yeah. Is that what he's? Yeah. 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 Uh, no, other than it's birth, life, death, birth, uh, something that provides life when it explodes. It, 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 so it's, a, it's, from my interpretation of just this question, it would be to embrace the 
rejuvenation of the planet and you know you know instead of cutting down trees plant trees you know don't 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 hurt the earth that's what i would take with it unless there is you've been gifted something before like a humanist gifted the pine cone and then it's been gifted back that that's probably be an entirely different trade-off right there but i think if they're gifting those pine cones to me it's a sign of uh, rejuvenation of the earth replenishing of the earth's resources just a theory we got six minutes to go here till the top of the hour carter bouchard is our guest tonight on spaced out radio and carter you know moving forward with the research and and everything i mean there is a lot of fun going into the forest there's a lot of of you know opportunity you don't see one every time you go you don't find tracks every time you go i mean this is a a game of frustration isn't it yeah yeah no i went out yesterday and uh, me and my partner uh brian woods here and a a new witness who reached out to me Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. E. Uh, and he lives, he's got all kinds of weird stuff going on at his house. And, uh, but we spent four hours in the woods and not one sign, nothing, but that's, that's part of it. But you're out there with them. We saw some structures that were obviously human made. They were look they're made like blinds. And if, if you look at it, you go, well, that's a Sasquatch. But no, if you break it down and analyze it, it's not. So yeah, I'd say 90% of the time, 85% to 90% of the time I go out, I get very little, if anything. It's that five, ten percent. It's awesome, just like you and your footprint and your exes. That that that's a year's worth for some people, which you you and your buddy had just a couple of days ago today, right? Well, we you know what though, that entire street. A good friend of mine, Mike, five kilometers down the road at the beginning of the road, he's found tracks that are around thirteen, fourteen inches. Mm-hmm. Right, so now that puts another uh, another ripple in the cord. Yeah. Is that one family? Is it two clans? Right. Yeah. Well, the areas I go, to, other than habituation sites where the people are living there, and I'm very lucky and to have them invite me to their homes, and I've experienced all kinds of awesome things. But the areas that I've found on my own, I go back time and time again because they are very fruitful most of the time. Uh, and I can probably guarantee myself 75% of the time I go to specific areas that I've chosen to work over the decades, I'm going to find something or hear something. You know, I'll have the sense of a presence, something. Uh, 
you know, but those, you know, those areas you work and cultivate for years to find out, you know, and uh, to me, that's their living room. You're in their house. Right. And they are sharing uh, events and signs with you. And you got to be smart enough to figure it out. So how do you, it. a two part question here. How do you know you're dealing with a Sasquatch and not a, a Gugway or something else? That actually is a good question, but I equate the Sasquatch because the communications are always the same. They communicate with me a certain way. Like I'm shown symbology at night. Uh, and somebody asked a question earlier about, do you communicate with them with meditation? I think, yes, you can, you know, and I'm, I'm having ongoing relationships with these beings. So, uh, you know, I have not got the sense of a, a weird communication that I didn't understand. I understand the communications I do get, I feel are from Sasquatch and I get responses that indicate it's a uh, memorializing a previous event, which only they would know about they and me, me you know? So uh, I don't think I've been in communication with something else that I know of, you know, Sasquatch only. I can see that. All right. So, with with the creature, how long does it take to build that trust? Like right now, uh, it, like take me for instance. We have a brand new area. We found the footprint. We found more prints up in the grass, high grass today. Uh, mm -hmm. We measured those. We've set up a gifting site. How long before I'm going to be able to get that trust? Well, show trust and give trust, show respect, get respect, you know, and, and if you've started it and you've got it, you got the prints, you got the X's, you have some other kind of, you know, uh, you know, psychic impressions or communications, that's it. Once you go to an area and you get that feeling, I keep going. You don't always come away with something, but most of the time I do, I'll, I'll get something that relates to the trip I just took like two weeks ago, two, three weeks later, I'll get something that tells me that they were there. They're watching me. They knew I was there. You just have to be patient and, you know, and be good to earth, be, have an open heart, a, a clear mind, you know, a positive mindset and, you know, don't get impatient. And I, I talk to them, uh, you know, mentally or verbally, I'll, I'll say, I'll think or I'll say things, you know, I did it the other day when I went out yesterday, I, I, I talked to them yeah, nothing happened, but it's probably because we had a new guy with us. We took a new experiencer with us who's had some weird stuff going on at his house. So we brought a stranger to our normal research area. So that may have, they may have to not think about that for a while. You know, when you bring new people out there, are they good people? Are they going to believe as you believe? They're going to trust uh, the Sasquatch. They're not going to do anything bad to nature or, or animals, uh, hunt recklessly and all that kind of stuff. So, but once you find a place that you know is good, you just, you, like you said earlier, you're not going to get something every time, but you might get something every other time or every third time, but you know, you're communicating, you know, and I, I just, over the years, you've got your favorite areas you gravitate toward. And I have mine. I've got about five or six areas that are non-habituation, not private property, that I can almost guarantee something subtle or overt. But. Our time has run out, my friend. Our time has run out. Carter Bouchard. Thank you for coming on Spaced Out Radio. We encourage all of our listeners listening to this, head on over to Amazon, pick up your books. 
on Sasquatch. And we'll bring you back on very, very soon. You know that. It's awesome, Dave. Glad to have you. Epic. Coming up next, we're heading to the swamp with Swamp Dweller and Super Duke's mullet is getting ready to charge. Great show, buddy. It was awesome. Great show. Look at this. Look at that handsome devil right there. I'll tell well, you. I know you're not talking about me. It must be Duke. <laughs> hey, Carter. Hey. We had fun last night. Ooh, boy. I'll be right back. The whole recording studio went completely for about 15 minutes. And suddenly I was the host of the show going, uh, where'd Jimmy Church go? Is Jimmy coming back? Can you guys check his uh, YouTube and see if he started a new live stream or what's going on there? I'll just take chat questions until and unless hopefully at some point soon Jimmy comes back again. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that was a blast. Yeah. <laughs> totally unexpected. And he said it's never happened before. He has no Never. idea what happened. Just all of a sudden, everything in the studio, and it's still going. The stream's still going. That's Just crazy. he's gone. Yeah, exactly. It was very, very weird. Well, Dave probably had to, you know, brush his hair. His hair's looking all really good right now. So he's yep. Got to go play with it. <laughs> yeah, that was a good show tonight. Really was. Yep, I got to catch about the first half of it, so I'm gonna have to go back after uh, my parts over here and go listen to the the part yeah. that I missed with you. I got to see the big hand. Uh, picture that you were showing that one's cool cool? yeah that's really cool good detail yeah it's just you know and that that print that's behind me my partner took it one of our researchers that that print that's uh, right there (laughs) right on that handprint uh it's 13 inches from uh base of the palm to the tip of the middle finger and there's dermal ridges all over oh sweet that's nice when you get one like that and we actually sent it to a crime lab and had a connection at the time, worked a, a police crime lab. And I, I took the print and put it on the little print cards, you know, like the cops do, and I took it in. And yeah. they, you know, <laughs> the, uh, when you take a print to a crime lab, once you walk in the door, you have to run it through the national database. <laughs> and so that Sasquatch has no criminal record. <laughs> so we, know for, we know for a fact the, the lab worker said i don't know who or what this is don't ever bring this this kind of stuff in here again uh, i could get a lot of trouble <clears throat> but it was good to know you know yeah. but, uh, it, it's got dermal ridges right here on the on the uh, side Sweet. of the palm and a couple of fingers yeah, a really uh, good one thumb right here the, this the uh, ball of the thumb right here just clears a bell you know? speaking of hand prints you know the uh, the ones that we found out in the field i found one where they had put their hand down in the sand and yeah. it was dry sand. So it's like you could tell what it was, but you're not getting anything other than a little video out of it. And we mostly were finding knuckle prints where they're just going down on all fours and they're on their knuckles for a minute and they get yeah. back up again. But the, the interesting one that we found here was, uh, oh, yeah, that's nice and big. Ridges. Um, two weeks ago. Did you go dead? Austin.
I'm back on again. Carter disappear. <laughs> hey, D. Uh oh. Where's Tech Dave? We need Tech Dave. Hey, DFB. Dookie Poo, did you get to see uh, the footprint? Uh, yeah, I got. I was just talking to Carter about the handprint and stuff here while you were gone. No. And then he vanished and everything froze up. Oh, weird. Oh, cool. This top part here is excess. but So you've got the basic outline right there. Yeah. Pretty, nice, buddy. Pretty cool. I'm pretty excited. Very, very, very cool. Yeah, we had weird anomalies happening when I was on Fade to Black with Jimmy Church last night, too. His whole studio went completely for about 15 minutes, and I was solo, and I don't know why... The stream was continuing when he couldn't even get on. That's and then he managed to, to get on again right before the commercial. Yeah, that's happened to me before. But we did mention a lot about um, Spaced Out Radio and Dave Scott recently finding tracks a few days previously. All right. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hooring he was out. super excited. He was super excited. Hooring out my show on Jimmy's show. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. Hey, he's got quite a few listeners, man. You can uh, use some more subs, okay? Come oh, ab absolutely, yeah. All right, uh, let's get ready. We got about 20 seconds left, and uh, a Super Chat is still open. The store is still open 24-7, and we got about 10 seconds. We're going to head over to the Swamp Dweller here. So, uh, swamp. I'll put you on mute, Super Duke, and uh, here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on TalkStream Live, Odyssey Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Zeitgeber. Zeitgeber is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. 
Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We now head to the swamp, where our resident swamp dweller has another spooky story to bring to us. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. There are a lot of scary bridges in Maryland. I mean, you can actually pay someone 30 bucks to drive you across the Chesapeake Bay Bridge if you can't stomach the howling winds and the sharp turns on the western side. But hands down, the creepiest bridge is DeCourcy Bridge going over a small river that's part of the Greenbrier Swamp. Being the paranormal junkie that I am, I'd convinced a friend of mine, Jack, to finally take me to the Seven Gates of Hell It was located on a barely there dirt road that would sometimes be flooded out by the tides. The gates are a part of a local legend. Now, I know a bunch of states have their own versions, but ours has a particular distinction. It's a favorite haunt of Big Liz, the ghost of a headless slave. And to even reach the gates, you have to travel a few miles along the road, haunted by ghost lights. Spooky, huh? Well, this summed up our itinerary for that particular summer night, but we had one issue. Neither of us had a car at the time, so we contacted a mutual friend named Mary and convinced her to take us to the gates. I was a little nervous about asking Mary to take us, as she'd always been sensitive to emotions and spirits in a way that made my own sensitivity pale in comparison. But she and Jack said that she would be fine, So off we went into the night. As we neared the road leading towards the gates, Jack mentioned he wanted to try to summon Big Liz. To do so, we'd get onto the road, stop on the small bridge over the river of the swamp, honk our horn three times, flash our lights twice, and then shut off the car. We waited for nearly a half hour but no Liz holding onto her head with glowing red eyes coming from the mist. Feeling a bit disappointed, we decided to press on. We looked to Mary to tell her to drive, and I'll never forget the look on her face. Mary was staring straight ahead with eyes that had rolled completely back into her head. Mary? I called out softly, as if a switch flipped her eyes snapped forward, and she started the vehicle, revving the engine as if it were a manual and not an automatic. I was surprised that her poor little fiesta survived when she slammed on the gas and we took off. Jack and I yelled in horror as we looked down the stretch of road. I glanced at the rapidly climbing speedometer and then back to Mary. Her eyes stared into mine. They were glazed over as she smiled at me, not looking at the road at all. I swore that this was the end that night, when suddenly she slammed on her brakes. I felt whatever had possessed her leave through the windshield and continue down the road. Mary somehow kept control of her screeching, slightly fishtailing car, 
and we came to a stop in the middle of the swamp. With tears in her now normal looking eyes, she threw the car into reverse, pulled the fastest three-point turn I've ever seen, and sped back up the road. Suddenly, Jack cried out. I glanced in the rear view to see two pinpoints of light that hadn't been there before, and they were following us. Mary's tiny car sped along the road, with the ghostly car tailing us. Once we passed over the bridge, the lights faded away into nothingness, but Mary continued to speed away the way we had come. Jack, Mary, and I sat in silence all the way back to Cambridge, the nearest town. Only once we were back along familiar roads did Jack and I begin to ask Mary what had happened, but we were met with stony silence. I worriedly asked Jack about other spirits along the road. That's when he told me about the origins of the ghost lights. Apparently, a man had taken his car out to that road to practice racing. Unfortunately, he hit a wet patch of road near the bridge and hydroplaned off the asphalt, hitting a tree in the swamp. He passed away nearly instantly. I can't say for certain that the ghost driver possessed my friend, but I do know that I won't be taking Mary back there in no hurry. Oh, another freaky one from the Swamp Dweller, which you can go to his YouTube channel and click on that subscribe button. Go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads as he's at almost well over a quarter billion subscribers tuning into his thousands of spooky stories. Hey, speaking of spooky stories, it's Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio Time here on Spaced Out Radio. Yeah, we love it when Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio is here telling us another wonderful cryptid story. Duke, how the heck are you, my friend? I'm happy to be back, Dave. It was so traumatic last night with studios blowing up and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Having to commandeer, fade to black for 15 minutes till Jimmy could get back. God, I'm glad to be back to a show where random chaos doesn't just happen every two seconds. Oh, man. And- Speaking of, speaking of random chaos, what's the latest updates on your Bigfoot experience? Well, I, I went through them with Carter, and I and we ended up casting one track. And for people just tuning in, uh, these are the tracks that we found on Mother's Day out in the forest. Now, you know what? Part of being uh, any type of doing any type of investigation, whether you're quite amateur like I am, or somebody who's been doing it a long time like Duke, is admitting when things aren't always as they seem. So, Duke, we, we were able to get one track. We we casted another one, but it was a boot print. So the first mm-hmm. one we got was, was an actual track of a foot. The second and third ones were actually boots. And you know what? Hey, you have to take the good with the bad. But the good news is we were able to find in our in expanding our search there were areas where there was some some grass that was pushed down. Mm-hmm. And we found a couple of 13-inch tracks. 
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Around there, we measured them. We took photographs of them. We set up a gifting site in that area. But the most interesting part about it was, and I showed these photos earlier to, to our YouTube crowd, was when we where we found the gifting site, my buddy Paul, who we call the lip blade in the chat room because his waxed mustache, just fantastic mustache, <laughs> he found an X in a tree. And the one tree in the X was actually woven through two other trees. And then as we were searching that area, we walked back further into the forest and about in a straight line, 40 meters behind, the big X, there was a tiny X, maybe a six-foot X, eight-foot X. And one of those trees was not from there. We couldn't find the stump. So as we exited, we go onto the logging road, and Paul just happens to be looking around, and he's like, you got to be kidding me. I went, what? He points across the logging road, and there's another giant X. And guess what? All three are in a straight line, Duke. Interesting. They could be marking like a borderline with that. You should go across the road where you spotted the last one. You should follow that line of travel and see where the next one is. Well, that goes right into a swamp. Uh-huh. Remember what I said about the swamp? No. Uh, you should walk around the border of the swamp and find their tracks because that's where they're going to be. Do that next time. <laughs> but here's, here's my question though when you when you told me that you had found that some of the tracks and, and originally you said there was like eight or nine tracks in the trackway so just because there was a couple of human tracks in it the, the next question that arises then is was the sasquatch walking there first or was the human walking there first that i don't know that i don't know the area is sometimes you're starting to dry out yeah, sometimes you're lucky enough that one of them oversteps the other one's track, and you can tell because which one's on top of the other track. But in cases like that, it's, uh, you know, maybe the human walked through there first, and then the little one came through afterwards. Could very well be. Could very well be. I'm not too yeah. sure. But, hey, I'm still an amateur. Well, I see those X structures, and those X structures look legit, too, too legit to quit. Because that's the same kind of stuff they leave up in my research area. That's exactly the same kind of stuff they leave up there. So, yeah, those are, you know, prime examples of typical Sasquatch X structures as far as I'm concerned. And they have, you know, uh, they check all the boxes on it. They're symmetrical. They have the same diameter. 
um, you know, in most cases with the axes, the uh, branches are all stripped off of them. In a lot of cases, the bark is stripped off of them. And you got confirms on pretty much all that stuff, plus the suspended one up in a tree. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that just happens naturally. Sure. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, you got an active area. I already talked to Robin about it, and she says there's about a dozen of them living around there, actually. Yeah, and the dogmen aren't living there with them. They're quite a ways away. Yeah, it's a good area. It felt very peaceful today. The only real, one of the cool things that happened today, Duke, was, and I mentioned this earlier, was that Paul was down casting, and I had, um, I was kind of standing kind of on point, making sure that there was no other, uh, you know, animals coming around because we did see a lot of tracks. There were some bear tracks. Uh, there were some cub tracks. And if there's cub tracks, that means mama's around. All right. There were deer tracks. There were moose tracks and coyote tracks. And all of a sudden I got this feeling that we were being watched. And so I said this to Paul and Paul all of a sudden just says, well, hey, if you're feeling it, just... Take a look around, and I, I turn, and I look at Duke about 70, 80 feet behind me. There's a deer standing there. <laughs> and it, it's, right on, Dave. It, it startled me. It startled me. I mean, I was happy my intuition kicked in that way, that I paid attention. But, I mean, that could have been a very different situation and a very dangerous situation quite quickly. Yeah, when you're out in the woods, you got to have your feelers out like that and pay attention to what's going on around you, or you can end up at somebody's dinner. And it's nice to know that you've got that much perception. You know, most people develop that from spending years and years and years in the woods, being hunters and stuff like that. And after a while, you could, you know, even if a chipmunk is watching you or something, you could tell something's watching you and what direction it's coming from. Oh, yeah. And that is a very handy skill to develop. <laughs> All right, buddy, we got eight and a half minutes. What story do you have for us? Well, I don't know that I can get completely through this, but I kind of teased everybody the last time we were talking about the Giants. Yes. And there's the story of the five killer giant brothers. So uh, do we have time after the bottom if I can't finish? Uh, you know what? I have to get to the Dave 101 after. Okay. Well, this might be a cliffhanger. We'll see how far we can get. All right. On the southern side of Guadalcanal, it was appropriately named the Weather Coast because of the huge waves that constantly batter it from the Solomon and Coral Seas. These days, it's sparsely populated due to its remoteness and the influence of the white man, but that was not always the case in centuries past. Prior to the 20th century, the Weather Coast had villages scattered all along the 150-kilometer southern coastline. The largest of these villages was Tangarari, which is located on the southwest side of the Weather Coast. Each village had a chief who was subservient to the control of the all-powerful paramount chief who lived at Tangarari. These people were fierce, head-hunting cannibals allied with the nearby Russell Islanders who continually sent their head-hunting parties to wage war against the other Solomon Islands. It was during this time that the Giants of Guadalcanal still had a heavy surface population within the interior of the Guadalcanal region. From time to time, these Weather Coast people would have encounters with these giants, this is a true story of one of these occasions. Reports of a group of bandit killer giants that had been slaughtering and eating people from the east weather coast were reaching the Paramount Chief. 
It had not been unusual to hear of a rogue killer giant here or there, but five of them banded together posed a real concern. Initially, the attacks over the 100-kilometer coastline were isolated incidences in the village of the east, but as the months went by, the murderous killings of these vicious giants began to occur more frequently toward the villages of the west. This pack of giants was stalking coastal villages day or night, brazenly raiding them and grabbing whoever they could. They would even sometimes start eating the victims alive while everyone else ran in absolute terror. Believing these five monstrous giants to be from one family, they became known by all of Tangarari as the Five Killer Giant Brothers. Many people had lost their lives and had been made a meal of by this pack of cannibal giants. Numerous village chiefs had sent their warrior hunting parties after them, only re- to return in vain with fewer warriors. Fear reigned amongst the villages of the coastline, for it seemed that nowhere and no one was safe from the slaughtering, killing ways of the Five Giant Brothers. The paramount chief had become frustrated with all his chief's futile attempts at subduing the relentless murdering spree of these giants, so he ordered for the drums to call all the village chiefs of the weather coast to come to Kangarari for a big meeting. The paramount chief had devised a plan to put a little more incentive into all his people's efforts in defeating the giants. He had decided to place a bounty on the five heads of the giants for any man that could bring them in. Within Guadalcanal custom law, the eldest-born daughter inherits the land rights held by her mother and father in the event of their death. Upon marriage, her husband has control of the land, but virtually no ownership rights, which the first-born daughter inherits again, and so on. With variations, this complicated method of inheritance is still practiced there today. The eldest-born daughter of the Paramount Chief's many wives was a beautiful young woman named Gina. Warriors had approached the paramount chief on many occasions for her hand in marriage, but he had not given his consent to them. It was his intention to tell the chiefs at the meeting that the reward for the warrior who would kill and bring him the heads of the five giant brothers would be his beautiful daughter, Gina's hand in marriage, and half of his pigs. The momentous day arrived when the chiefs had assembled together at the Tangarari War House. Tangarari was bustling with the activity of visitors from all the other coastal villages who inquisitively had come to see the purpose of the Paramount Chiefs' big meeting. With the chiefs before him, they began to discuss the problem that they all had to the five killer giants. The village chiefs told him that despite sending numerous warrior hunting parties, setting traps, poisonous baits, Many of their warriors had nonetheless been killed, and the giants still eluded them while continuing to kill their people. The paramount chief sat quietly listening to all their explanations of why they could not slay the giants. He became displeased with what he had heard and proceeded to tell his chiefs that he was tired of hearing their feeble excuses and fearful lack of enthusiasm for combating the five giants. He spoke of all the battles they had victoriously won against the other islands, and here they had a mere five giants, which they could not destroy. Then he told them that to any man who could bring him the five heads of the giants, he would give his daughter's hand in marriage and half his pigs. This is a very significant gift to the indigenous people of Guadalcanal, as it also meant a big land inheritance was passed down through the eldest daughter's hand in marriage. With that, the paramount chief welcomed them all to stay for the feast and Sing Sing that was to be held that night. Now news of what had happened at the chief's meeting quickly spread around Tangarari. Already that day, the people started placing odds on their favorite warriors, whom they thought would be likely to kill the giants. Many of the more popular warriors had proven themselves by acquiring scores of skulls. Living at Tangarari also was a young man by the name of Yuxle, who was considered by all to be the village idiot. Although he was from a great warrior family, it seemed there was nothing this young man could do that was anything short of stupidity. Since Yuxle had not considered to be anywhere near the caliber of a warrior, 
He was consequently subject to performing the more menial tasks of tending gardens and collecting firewood. That evening, many pigs were sacrificed to the ancestral gods and eaten, after which the Sing Sing proceeded. The paramount chief, with his beautiful daughter at his side, proudly sat in line with all the other chiefs watching the festivities, and all the warriors gazed at the bounty sitting before them. Yuxley had always secretly desired Gina. However, he'd known that because of his poor social standing, it was impossible for him to marry her. But now the paramount chief had promised his daughter's hand in marriage and returned for the five heads of the giants. Yuxley knew that at least he might be in with a chance. During one of the dances in which Yuxley was participating, he danced his way over to the paramount chief and boldly told him he would kill the giants for him. The paramount chief, while sitting on his throne-like chair, took his staff and hit Yuxley over the head with it, telling him to get lost not to bother him. Yuxley was embarrassed by his public scolding and left the sing-sing while people jeered profanities at him. The next day, all the chiefs and their parties left to go back to their villages to tell their people of the meeting outcome. The air was filled with excitement at Tangarari as warriors prepared themselves for their hunt for the giants. Numerous warriors who wanted his blessing before they embarked on a pursuit surrounded the paramount chief. One by one, the warriors departed into the deep jungle on their hopeful conquest. Meanwhile, Yuxley watched all the goings-on as he carried on to his menial village chores. Weeks went by and only a few of the warriors had managed to return, with tales of them barely escaping with their lives. Similar reports from other villages had reached the paramount chief, with further news of more killings and attacks by the giants. Many of the best warriors had lost their lives. All hope of killing the giants was fading, and the people of Tangarari had become despondent. Yuxley, with his foolish and cheerful manner, would sometimes joke with the people that he knew of a way to kill the giants, but they would only rebuke and belittle him and did not take his comments seriously. So one day, after being heckled yet again, he made up his mind to prove them wrong, telling them all that he would go and kill the giants. Yuxley went to the paramount chief with his hunting gear in hand and told him that he was on his way to kill the giants and that upon his return, he should prepare the wedding feast for the marriage of his daughter. The paramount chief laughed his head off, thinking this was the most ridiculous thing he had ever heard. How could Yuxley possibly defeat the giants when all of the greatest warriors had tried and failed to do so, he thought to himself. He sarcastically told the young man to go and kill the giants then, chastise him as he departed. Yuxley's mother begged him not to go, but it only made up his mind, and he left the village for the jungle while the people heckled him. On Guadalcanal, there's a rare species of plant that has an anesthesia-like effect if consumed by a person. The crushed roots of this plant are sometimes used to anesthetize fish to make them easier to catch. The Guadalcanal people have taken this process a step further by developing cunning methods of anesthetizing people. The juices from the crushed roots are mixed into a solution with finely crushed particles of coral lime and then dried into powder. This procedure repeated, depending on the strength required. The fine powder is then gently blown from the palm of the hand into the air currents, which takes it to the unsuspecting recipient, or recipients, as the case may be. We'll have to finish that story next week, Super Nuke. Super Nuke from World Bigfoot Radio. Go hit subscribe on YouTube, BitChute, and every other streaming service. Coming up next, it's Dave 101. What should we do with evidence? And Shirky Poo's News. We'll be back right after this. Hi, Super Duke. Sorry about that. Nah, no problem. I was going as fast as I could. There's still about three pages left. Oh, my goodness. Needless okay. to say, as he's successful and does manage to dispatch the Giants. And as usual, it's not because of warrior skill. It's because of guile. 
Davy and Goliath, all he did was stun the giant with a rock, made the giant fall down, pulled out the giant sword, cut his own head off with it. There you go. There you go. Thanks for ruining next week for us. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, that's a Davy and Goliath story. You know, obviously, if the if the if somebody if they had failed to kill the five giants, they wouldn't have a story about the five giants. True. They'd still be being eaten by them. True. Very true. But I didn't tell you how he did it. That is true too. That is true too. Oh man, this show has flown on by tonight. Another excellent show. You keep cranking them out like that, Dave. From coast to coast AM of Canada to A. Mm, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I know for a fact that comes along with a nice paycheck. <laughs> well, hopefully at some point that will be happening. Well, we'll see. We'll see. What grinds Dave's gears coming up next? Right on. All right, buddy. The crabby old guy in the balcony goes solo next on Spaced Out Radio. Get off my lawn. Get off the stage, you posers. Get off the stage, <laughs> mongrels. There's a better mimes in vaudeville. <laughs> I have too much fun with you. <laughs> We do totally crack ourselves up with our weird inside jokes that possibly most of the fans don't get. <laughs> okay, what, what's with the nuclear blue uh, drink? Nuclear blue drink. Oh, it's uh, some kind of new Kool-Aid flavor, blue raspberry or something. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Yeah, actually, I'm just glad I'm not bleeding all over everything. I just slashed the end of my thumb open with an X-Acto knife oh, about that, a half an hour ago. That's nice. And that's what I had to, during that one break where I was kind of like looking at my hand and I had to run out because like it started bleeding again. Oh my. So I had to put, a, put some super glue on to stop that quickly from happening. I hear you there, man. <laughs> I hear you there. But again, congrats on the new Bigfoot uh, research area, bud. I'm super you. excited for you. Robin is happy to work with you on anything you need uh, to know you, with her on it. You know She's also well. super excited for you. You know damn well I'll be calling you guys. <laughs> Right on. I love those X structures today, too. That was kick-ass. I saw those. I was like, yes! That's the real thing. That's it. Super Duke's happy! Super Duke is happy! It gets the Super Duke seal of approval. That's the real shit, kids. Well, this this is the lip blade. Get out of my forest! And Sasquatch is dead. Get out of here, you human pricks! They're always saying that. The Sasquatch dads have t-shirts that say, ew, humans! Exactly. All right, buddy. Check you later. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye-bye. Oh, I gotta love Super Duke. He is such a good guy. He's good for the community. Really is. What are we got? Uh, Lip Blade, I thought you uh, went to bed there. Mm-hmm. I thought you went to bed. We had a good day today, Lip Blade. We had a good day today.
Justin Maynard. Good day in Australia. How are you? Thank you, Lottie. Naughty Lottie. We'll head out this weekend, Lip Blade. Sunday we'll go check, bud. Can't believe the Lip Blade's leaving me. Kills me. Moving to Vancouver Island. Hey, thanks, Gong Show. Mark D, how are you? Mama Susan. Here we go, everybody. third we're heading for home on spaced out radio tonight good to have you with us my name is dave scott really appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone listening in around the world we surely are proud to be broadcasting to you reminder that if you miss most of this show or others check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where I yell, Get off my lawn! In the Dave 101. It's time for Dave 101. All right, evidence. What is it? Seriously, what is evidence? Because evidence... Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Is everything and nothing at the same time. For instance, what I believe is evidence may not be what you believe is evidence. And how it ties into our world is significant. Because more and more people these days are not 
wanting to bring their evidence to the public. Why? Well, let's say, for instance, you had a smoking gun picture or video. The internet, and social media especially, has become absolutely callous and ruthless regarding evidence. If that person hasn't found it, tested it, looked at it personally, they don't believe you. Long gone are the days of being able to put a Sasquatch video up or a high-quality UFO video or a video of a dogman or alien being or a ghost and people saying, wow, that is amazing. Yet this is what we do. This is what it's all about. It's about collecting and gathering the evidence to try and prove the unbelievable. That's why we're all into this entire mystery of ghosts, UFOs, aliens, cryptids, consciousness, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, and every gnome tending your garden in between. We want to believe because for many of us, we've had an experience that we cannot explain. Yet, according to the watchdogs around social media, who have become, for some reason, more than skeptical, our evidence is no longer good enough. So let's count it down. One, we no longer want to accept anecdotal evidence of stories from people because, as we all know, the brain is imperfect. Therefore, we shouldn't rely on anecdotal stories. Number two, photography. Well, we can't rely on photography, according to the skeptics, because Photoshop has become so easy to use, you can do it right on your handheld phone. Yes, our smartphones have made it easier to manipulate Sasquatch, ghosts, and aliens. Number three, video. Wow. With CGI and the younger generations being way more savvy with apps and programs, well, we can't believe UFOs either. Just can't. Why? Because they are easily manipulated. So gone are videos. And number four, audio. Well, audio can be edited. And a good audio editor can sure make it sound real, putting strings of words together into sentences for EVPs, putting strings of sounds together for wood knocks. So we can't trust audio either. So what can we trust? Who can we trust? Well, it's turned out to ourselves and the people whom we have clicked with. Gone are the days where we will ever see that next Patterson-Gimlin film, unless it's from a scientist or unless it's from the government itself. But you know what? The chances of us believing them are slim and none. And it's sad because it's making researchers withhold the smoking guns that we've already wanted and we believe that are out there 
and we'll never get to see. This goes way beyond the Pentagon holding back UFO videos that they have, because we'll never see them in the first place. But think about it for a second. If you had that hot-button dogman video or paranormal video where you literally watch a ghost walk right through your wall from your kitchen to your living room, or you are in the forest and you watch and come across a town of little people, like Gulliver's Travels back in the day, what do you do with it? The sad answer is nothing. Nothing. You're not going to make a million dollars off of it. All you're doing is setting yourself up for disgust. Let's look at the reality of this. Bob Gimlin from the Patterson-Gimlin film has been living over 50 years in torture, in hell. His children had to live with it. His grandchildren had to live with it. And probably his great-grandchildren. All because people don't want to believe that the video is real. He has suffered through numerous death threats, threats to his family, questioning his sanity. People who've never met him before back in the day, phoning him up and arguing to tell the truth or they would harm him or expose him as a fraud. Would you want that? Would you want your family going through that? Personally, I would not. It's easy to carve up a video these days. It's easy to carve up a photograph. Technology has brought this upon us. So the question is, if you're an investigator out there, what are you doing with your evidence? How do you solve mysteries if you have no one to turn your evidence through? This goes way beyond critical thinking because we do have to be our own worst skeptics and our own worst critics. Look at me. I thought when I went out in the forest that I had found Nine Sasquatch prints. Turned out only one out of the nine ended up being a print. The next three were shoe prints. The rest of them, according to my buddy Paul and I, we couldn't tell. But we're leaning towards a shoe. So how can we tell the difference between the shoe print and the one Sasquatch print? Well, that's easy. Those are called toes. But I originally told our audience that we had found nine. Upon further research, being our own critical skeptics, we have to make sure that if we make an error, that we own up to it. But there are many in this field who just don't want to own up to things. They just want to ridicule and rip things apart. I don't understand the purpose of them wasting time other than the fact that they are so non-believing in the phenomena and what is going on that they don't want anybody else to believe. 
or they are so passionate about the subject that they don't want anybody else to succeed unless it goes through them. Either way is not fair. But we need to be better as a field. We need to be able to accept someone's testimony. Why, when it comes to UFOs, ghosts, cryptids, do we ask for more evidence than what is needed in a court of law to prosecute someone? Think about that for a second. The evidence that we have for Sasquatch, even though we don't have a body, is enough to prove it exists. Same as Dogman. It happens all the time in courts around the world where you get some scumbag who murders someone, gets rid of their body, refuses to say where that body is buried or hidden, yet is still convicted of murder without the body. Because evidence, testimony, yet when it comes to the cryptid world, the ghost world, the UFO world, us amateur sleuths and judges are more quickly to dismiss anything. It it baffles me. It baffles me. I would love to see a number of Sasquatch researchers like Duke and Carter Bouchard and many others stand in a court of law in front of a real judge and the skeptics will throw them on the other side. And I would love for a judge to decide. Because I think, in fact, I know that the judge would likely side with the researchers. And if nobody is going to believe our research, why do we do it? Well, we do it for fun. We do it for curiosity. We do it because we have a passion to learn more about the experience that we had. So my advice to the community out there is twofold. For those who are skeptical, for those who want to tear everything apart, what is your point? What are you really trying to gain? Well, I'm trying to gain credibility in the community and get rid of bad evidence. So you're a self-proclaimed police officer of the of the field. Okay, so let's just toss you to the side because your opinion, no matter anymore, means anything. Then you get the other side who will say, well, I'm just tired of the BS. I want the real evidence and I haven't seen any. Well, what's real evidence? What's real proof? You notice it always comes down to that proof adage, what is proof? So the next time, whether you're an amateur like me, or whether you take this very seriously, what I want you to do is this. I want you to think about how you are affecting your own community. How are your actions making people not talk and keeping people in the dark with their photographs their evidence, because they don't want the Gimlin treatment. They don't want the Elizondo treatment. 
they don't want the treatment that many others have had, all because they released a photograph or a video. Think about it. 50 plus years and torturing a family still continues today for the Gimlins. Would you want that happening to you? Would you want that happening in your life? Would you want strangers sending you letters saying that you're a liar and a scumbag? Happens every day. All because some amateurs don't want to believe the story. That's your Dave 101. If you're on YouTube watching this, do us a favor. Make sure you hit that subscribe first and foremost. But second, leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Let's get to Shirky Poo's news. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Poo's news. Oh, yes. Shirky Poo has the news for us tonight. Let's start right off the beginning. A sheriff's volunteer officer in Georgia has been charged with selling prescription pills out of a patrol car while in uniform. Sheriff Grady Judge said he is hotter than a bare butt on a hot tin roof in August about the incident. David Roberts, who's 69 years old, was arrested on Thursday on weapons and drug trafficking charges. An investigation into Roberts' activities began after detectives learned that a volunteer was selling oxycodone and the prescription pills had been found inside a patrol car. It was discovered that Roberts was allegedly getting 90 oxycodone pills a month for two years and selling them at $10 a piece. He was caught by an undercover, undercover deputy. That makes me so crazy, I want to pluck my eyeballs out one at a time, Sheriff Judd said. Drugs were allegedly found at Roberts' home, along with a rifle and a pistol. Roberts wasn't supposed to have the guns because he was a convicted felon and not allowed to possess them. You're talking about an epic system failure, Judd said. He is a convicted felon from 52 years ago. Judd says Roberts was arrested for a burglary when he was 19 years old. He had been a volunteer with the police force the last dozen years. My question to this is, if the guy has a felony, did nobody on the sheriff's department do a criminal record check before he volunteered to become an auxiliary police officer i mean wouldn't that be one of the first things you do who knows who knows surprise woman believed dead has been found alive in a coffin at a funeral funeral Yeah, she nearly scared her audience to death. Mourners in Peru were stunned to find out a woman they were at a funeral for was actually alive in her coffin. This happened on April 26th. A funeral was held for Rosa Isabel Suspedes Calaca, who was pronounced dead after being involved in a car accident. Her brother-in-law died, and her nephew suffered severe injuries in the collision. Oh, that's terrible. During the procession, Mourners heard a knocking sound when the coffin was lifted onto the shoulders of mourners. 
Kalaka was found alive, sweating, and gasping for air when the coffin was open. She was rushed to hospital and put on life support. Unfortunately, though, Kalaka, ironically, died a few hours later. Her family is accusing a medical team at a hospital of negligence for initially declaring her dead. Well, I would too. Could you see that lawsuit coming? If that was in America, that's a $100 million lawsuit right there. A thief was mistakenly given $8,390.88 worth of a man's belongings by a San Francisco Marriott Marquis. The man was given just $5,000 for his trouble by the hotel mega chain. According to reports, this after, you know, he wanted his money back from his luggage. It all started when Bob Sabuni checked into the hotel in June of 2021 before going to a San Francisco Giants game. His room wasn't ready, so the hotel stored his luggage and belongings. Somehow, someone was given his luggage without hotel staff even checking the recipient's identification. Sabuni sued Marriott and won, but Marriott successfully appealed. In the end, California Superior Court ruled the appeal was done unfairly because the law cited was instituted back in 1872 and hasn't been amended in 42 years. Maybe that's 1972. Anyways, for some reason, Saboni was traveling with thousands of dollars worth of belongings, including fancy bags and Apple equipment. According to the court judge, hotel surveillance footage shows a man walking into the Marriott later that afternoon, claiming he had checked a bag but lost his claim check. Remarkably, the Marriott let the guy walk into the back room. He pointed at my bags and said, those are mine. The guy said, is there any way you can prove it? Do you have tickets? Do you have ID? And the guy said, I have none of that, but just mentioned that there's a big computer in that bag. Sure enough, there was, and they handed my stuff over to the thief. So Booty won $5,000 initially, less than he'd lost, but he had said he would have been okay with that. However, Marriott won the appeal before the judge had overturned the ruling. He ended up getting about $1,550 and estimated he lost over $10,000 through the whole ordeal. Absolutely horrible. And finally tonight, let's end on some good news. A Rhode Island waitress said a stressful morning turned into an awesome day when a pair of customers left her an $810 tip on a bill that was just 48 bucks. Jennifer Verancino of North Providence was working at the Big Cheese and Pub in Cranston for about three and a half years. Said one recent day began with a string of extra stresses when she couldn't find a sitter for her three-year-old son. I was having a terrible morning. I couldn't find a sitter. There was a kid at a daycare that was so sick, so I couldn't bring my son. I was supposed to be in at 11. They told me to come in when I have a sitter, so my daughter was available after school. That's when I came in. Verancio left the boy with her 16-year-old daughter, came to work, when her day soon turned around. First table of the day was super, super nice. It was a husband and wife. The stressful morning ended up being an awesome day when they tipped her after just a couple of sandwiches. $810 richer. Good for her. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. 
rocket us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. If you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.